Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, 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 beautiful people. I am very happy to be talking to you, all you mixologists out there. Welcome back to Mixing with Moni. I am Moni, your host, and this is our mixer. I will say I am having a, I don't even know, severe, as I've mentioned before, I have Graves' disease, and one of the things that happens sometimes is I get a very hoarse and raspy voice. It's going in and out. I'm basically a 12-year-old boy going through puberty. Like, I'm so sorry. This is something that I cannot fix, like my audio, so please don't write me a review where you ask me to recheck my voice, because I can't do it. Like, I've already gone long enough without posting or without publishing an episode trying to get this under control, trying to make sure like my mental health and my actual health is all okay. But you know, it is what it is. Some people like the raspy voice, some people hate it. I get it. It gets very deep and weird. So if you can stand it, please do. If you can't, I'm so sorry. You're welcome to try another bar. Go have your drink and get your mix on somewhere else, okay? Because what I don't need is someone like I can fix the sound as best I can during this quarantine time. Um, but I don't know if I can fix my voice so much. So um please bear with me. I still wanted to talk a lot of hot shit because we had a lot of things going on in the Bravo world. We had a lot going on for Beverly Hills and New York. And that's pretty much all I did talk about because the guest I had this week did not do um, did not watch Summer House, but I did try to convince her off air to watch it. Um, I did watch it and I'm in. It doesn't fill the void for VPR as much as I thought it would, but it does its job and I do enjoy it because they are real friends. They hang out off camera and that makes the drama on camera seem so much more real. I know you guys are, you know, super against Paige for some reason and I don't even know. Uh, if she is going to earn her spot for next season in the house. But I will say that I liked her going off on Lindsay. I get it. Lindsay is uh, the stand favorite. She's the queen. And Paige has been pretty much kind of boring and whiny up until now. But at the same time, I enjoyed what she her going off because though she thinks it's like this conspiracy that Lindsay has to get her and her best friends against each other, um, discuss amongst yourselves if that's true or not. But I think that Paige, at the very least, had some valid points. And if anything, I like a girl when she goes off on like a self-proclaimed or a identified boss bitch in the house. Like Lindsay has grown up, mature energy sometimes. <laughs> and she does seem like an alpha woman because she doesn't really need to be a part of the clique to be on the show. And that translates really well. And I think it might rub page the wrong way, but I liked her standing up. I liked when a, when a, you know, a small dog goes up to a big dog seemingly. And like, it's something we will never get from Teddy. So I like it when I see it. And I'm proud of the season that they've put forth. It has not been terrible. It was great to binge. I don't know if I would want to watch it like every week, but I would love to binge it. It was a really good time binging it. It was something fun to do every day. And that's what I told my guest, Chelsea from Oh No Bravo. 
Um, she is the woman, the genius behind the conspiracy memes, the, the themed memes, so many different kinds of memes that are Bravo related on her Instagram. They're hilarious and loved having her on. Um, however, I was requested, and you can always do this before you go write a two star review because you don't like what I'm talking about. You can always request. You know, send me a DM. Tell me what you're watching and listening to. If I get enough requests or if I think it, it could be interesting enough as its own segment, I am happy to consider it and possibly even include it on the next episode. And this person happened to catch me before publishing this one, so I'm including it in the beginning. Um, Sheena Shea's video, or Sheena Marie, because she is divorced. Who Jesus, if you have not seen her music video, then you probably like me and not into VPR right now. Though I will say I have an announcement that I will be watching the reunion just to kind of close out that chapter of my life. But a lot of people are hoping it reinvites me in. I doubt it. But we will try and I will give it my all. I promise. And I'll cover the reunion. So um, will I cover the last half of the season? I don't know. I don't think so. I'm just I'm so okay without it. And I'm already producing these thick ass episodes without the VPR at all pretty much in it or without with people just touching on things about it so it's it's uh, you know some of y'all like the long ones some of y'all don't finish them and I see you I can see the the analytics so I'm just trying to make it good for everybody but since it's been such a long time since I published I decided to let it go on for far too long and even include a segment where I talk about Sheena Shades or Sheena Marie's music video my thoughts it's the song isn't bad and the video quality isn't bad. I think it's just Sheena that doesn't fit both. Because and I like Sheena. Y'all know I actually stand up for Sheena. I love Sheena. We needed better dancers in the background. One of them kept falling out of the dance routine and like laughing and was late and as a former dancer of my childhood days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all of us been in ballet or something at some point at like two or put our kids in, put your kids in it or something. Like it's former dancer. I mean, though it went on for a few years, like up until high school. But as a former dancer, I was very cringy and very aware of background dancers because, you know, when you are in a routine, unless you are a soloist, even if you're a lead in a dance routine, those background dancers are getting seen. They have, you know, also complicated choreography. It was very carefully thought of, and the judges will be like, hey, you fell out, so now the entire group doesn't get a good score, or the, you as an individual don't get a good score, and you don't win, even though your lead was great and everybody else was great because you can't hold your turns, and we're asking these girls to just gyrate on a stage, okay, not do like a double pot of array into a triple uh, pirouette. I don't even know if y'all know what that means, but basically it just means like couple, I don't know, like knee bends and spins like those like ideal ballerina spins those uh very stereotypical spins is a pirouette but also we know what a pirouette is at least but we're not asking them to even do that we're not asking them to do something complicated they're just like rolling their body on their knees on cue to music like just follow the girl in front of you follow sheena and she's not the best at dancing so for Sheena to be the one that looks like she's not off beat and you are girl on the left I need you to give up your career and start a new one and if this is not your career tell your girl hey I know you want to you know you want me to do you a favor and I'm, I want to support you be in your video but I cannot dance and I will fuck this up that's real I want to respect that 
because my God, I just, my eyes would have to get off of her. I couldn't get my eyes also off of how uncomfortable Brett looked. Woo. Couldn't get my eyes off of Sheena trying to be sultry, but the problem being she would like let go of the sultry too too fast. Like she would start rolling her neck and then pop. And I'm like, no, follow, finish the roll to completion through the end. Keep going. Don't just drop it and go back. It's like that pop, pop, pop dance thing that she likes to do because she can't dance. But this is not even really dancing. We're just asking to like look sexy and she would flip her hair too fast or in, in appropriate places. It just wouldn't be the right time. And I'm just like the awkwardness here. It's not the video quality because somehow the video quality is not bad like it's pretty good the cost the costumes are pretty good the concept i get the song is not terrible but it's not no one's getting a grammy over this but you know sean two miles who was you know thrown into us as a notification at the beginning because the whole plot is both on a stage and embedded on instagram like instagram live or something you oh the scroll on your timeline or something it's he did the best he could with what he had, I'll say, because we know she didn't sing. She can't sing, but she wants a career in music. Same with Lala. Although Lala could probably hold a tune better. Don't think she could sing, but she can hold a tune-ish, you know? It's, it's, it wasn't a bad video, but it was very awkward. I was cringing a little bit, but I was like, with the right choreography, no, the choreography was fine, with the right dancers, let's cast next time, let's spend a little bit of that VPR money, oh, she just bought a house, I forgot, but they would never show that, because they really hate you on the show, it became a couple shows so fast, Um, but next time, let's get some dancers, I don't know, put somebody in there that can hold the choreography, or at least have enough money in the budget, you, you could do another take, so when she laughs and falls out of it, you can reprimand her, squirt her with some water, and then keep going and get another take out of it. Because I don't need to see the cuts. That's it, It's very clear sometimes we should have had a cut. Brett opens up looking like, why is this bitch touching me? And I'm like, why did you get this man who obviously cannot stand you? <laughs> and it sucks because we have watched him on screen write her off as a love interest. So that chemistry kind of isn't existent and we need a little bit of chemistry even if we're selling a bravo liberty music video but it is what it is i am very pleased with everything else that i'm going to be talking about today we went on a beverly hills rampage for far too long you will find it messy and discombobulated but y'all know i also don't like doing standard recaps because if you listen to a lot of Bravo podcasts for a lot of different opinions and because there's nothing else to do and you love these shows, you've already heard the recap a million times. Not to mention you've already probably watched and maybe even rewatched the episode. So me telling you from start to finish exactly what happened point by point and throwing a little bit of my opinions in there for, you know, only 10 minutes of segment just to keep it all under 45 minutes, I'm not going to do it. You know, there are plenty of Bravo podcasts that to keep it under... 45, under 30, under an hour and a half, under an hour 30. That's just not me. I say whatever I think gets the job done and I keep going until I get tired of my hearing myself talk. And I didn't want to recap it because there was just so much to talk about, about the background noise. And my life is pretty chaotic right now in general. So 
I just let the chaos, you know, thrill me and fulfill me. And we just talked about what the hell was that dinner party in Beverly Hills. And then what are we looking at for New York? And, you know, it was, it was good to have Chelsea on because she um, always counters me in a, like a respectful, but in a good way. Like she'll see my point and raise it to, okay, I see your point, so what about this? And I love that about my guests. Like, you don't always just have to agree, but you also don't have to, like, vehemently disagree with me. Like, I'm wrong because it's an opinion. And I love that she can stand strong in her own opinions. And she even makes me think, you know, twice about some things or reconsider or even change up how I say it so y'all don't have to, like, come in my DMs and be like, well, why did you not mention X, Y, and Z? Because, girl, if I mentioned, if I had to go back and rewrite everything, that I said, that I meant we would be here for six hours and then y'all would really write me up. So I don't know to who, you might sue me <laughs> for being too long, but um, just want to point out that everything that you hear me say is fact, is alleged. That's why I say allegedly. So don't sue me. It's not that serious, okay? We're all having fun here. Enjoy yourselves. Please stay safe, stay home, stay happy, stay healthy, whatever falls into your category right now. And up, coming up next, we have Chelsea from Oh No Bravo, and we are going to be talking as much Bravo as we can. Like, we have two major powerhouse franchises on right now, so we're talking about that, of course, for the majority of it. Some Bravo hot topics are at the end, um, a little bit of wrap-up with Family Karma, Shots of Sunset, that kind of stuff. But overall, um, we are going to get into the nitty-gritty, and some things are a little bit triggering, but I don't think you guys care I think you like that I talk about the important stuff. And if you don't, then apologies in advance if anything does trigger you. But strap in because Bravo is taking us on a crazy ass ride. Okay. So, oh, and we also have a little bit of VPR. So, because she still loves it and watches it and she didn't hate this season. And I love that we have that not in common. So I can be so over it and she's so into it and it works. That's why she's here. So please listen, enjoy, you know. Give the whole review if you like it. If you don't, you don't need to leave a review at all. It's okay. Because you know what looks shitty? When people leave reviews that are bad and they're like, oh, I listened to a bunch of episodes and now I, you wait until the one you hate or the one that's not produced well or the few you hated to write a review and then to tell me you hated it. Because you didn't give me the opportunity to keep up with the work when you said you were pleased with it before for what brought you here. So if you don't like it, you don't need to leave the review or just compliment sandwich me like we tell the children, all right? But otherwise, we all get what we get and we shouldn't get upset because during this time, we're doing the best we can, okay? Thank you for your understanding in advance. The audio is a bit better this week, so hopefully that helps. Again, can't change my voice, so please don't ask me to. Please drink something, grab something to snack on, get something to drink, you know, while you do dishes or chores and run around and do grocery shopping and fight all these people in a pandemic and protect yourselves and have fun and enjoy. Um, Coming up next, oh no, bravo. So mixologists, if you love this show and it's ever made you think, you know what? I should make my own podcast. I say go for it. Let me tell you about Anchor, okay? Honey, it's free pumpkin. Yes, free. There are creation tools. It allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer just like I do. 
You can literally even add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for whatever you want and can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, something the world's never heard before, or join the rest of us and talk Bravo, Housewives, Bachelorette, all those fun things you love in the TV you're watching. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many, many more. All the girls will be able to hear you no matter what or wherever they like to listen. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, pumpkin. Literally, you put it out, you can get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's super, super easy. I love it. I use it all the time. I make this show and y'all love it. And you know what? I couldn't do it without Anchor. They make it so easy. They have the best support staff. You literally can reach out to them anytime. It's truly a great way to start a podcast journey. Get yourself out there. Talk to the people. Connect with the people that love the same things you love or people who maybe want to have a little discord with you. Either way, mix it up and let Anchor help you do that. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.f as in father, m as in mother, to get started. Download that free app, honey, and get you some podcasting. Guys, as promised, I have the face or non-face behind the (laughs) incredibly popular and hilarious Bravo meme and fan account it's so much more than a meme curated content really for your entertainment pleasure chelsea from oh no bravo she's back again last time we had so much fun i mean we're having so much fun now i am introducing her pretty much 15 minutes into us talking a lot of shit talking bravo talking life talking everything else so this is so much fun i'm so excited to have you back especially during this quarantine time we've done lives together we have talked the stuff together. I thank you for doing this in the middle <laughs> of all of this madness. Of course. I was so excited when you um, invited me back on. We always have a good time. It's so funny how basically like all of my inst- like Instagram and internet friends are becoming my real life friends. I love it. Yeah, I love this. It's really fun. I mean, what sucks is that we are in the same state, but at this time, <laughs> our bonding can be nothing more than virtual specifically because there is a pandemic outside and, you know, people could die or get sick. So we have to just basically have all this over the internet, but we're having, we're having so much fun. I'm having more fun on the internet than I have before. It is kind of a saving grace. The only thing is it feels like we're all on a snow day together. This just lasts too long <laughs> because normally I could be home. I could be by myself. I get on the internet and it's some parts of the day where there's just not a lot of stuff. You could refresh it and it's just nothing there specifically because you've been home all day, but everybody else is living their lives. But now everyone's home. So there's always something. There's a million people on live at one time. (laughs) There really is. I love her, but Anisha from Family Karma is on live every like 15, 30 (laughs) minutes. It is wild. It's so funny to see how everybody is coping with this. And that has been the silver lining of the internet has never been funnier. I think it's because we're all slowly losing our minds at the same time. Um, I used this analogy before, but it really is reminiscent of like a party weekend or like a bachelorette party where it's like day three and everybody's like 
bonded and loopy and hungover. But that's like what the internet is right now. We are all loopy and hungover and like going stir crazy, but at the same level. And it's, there is something very reassuring and comforting to know that like everybody is losing their mind as well. (laughs) It's absolutely crazy. I feel so good to know that I'm not the only one. Every time I have like a breakdown, I haven't had many breakdowns, which is great. So every time I've had one, I'm just like, okay, okay, we made it this far. This is good news. (laughs) And beyond that, it's a moment. I just have to breathe and be like, we're all in this together. And people are a lot kinder than I thought, which is great. It's Mm good to know people are all in this together. You know, one of the bigger crises crises that I've had um, over this quarantine is losing Potomac, but it's fine. Um, love will grow in its place. I don't know where from because Bravo <laughs> raised its schedule like, for the next month or so. And I'm like, eh. all know. of these could have pushed back and I still could have gotten Potomac on time. It's, <laughs> but okay, how we still have like, another month of below deck sailing because I'm not even watching it. So it feels like it's so much longer. I, know. I don't know, but okay. Yeah, Bravo did themselves a huge disservice by putting Below Deck Sailing like immediately after this past season of Below Deck. I know we talked about it the last time I came on this podcast, but I felt like everybody just needed a break. Like everybody needed time to like recover from this past season of Below Deck, but instead they just like gave us sailing. And I actually, I find, and I, again, I don't know what's going on in this season. I've heard that Adam is a monster, so you know, take this with what it is. I have not been watching, but I find him. We knew that last season. I thought like he wasn't that nice to look at. He wasn't great last season. I mean, maybe I, maybe I have a blind spot. I find him so attractive. So the fact that I am not watching is like, it really speaks to how traumatized I was from this past season of Below Deck. Yeah, pretty much. It's, It's crazy. And, but this new season is coming up and I'm actually okay with it. The trailer looks decent. I mm-hmm. am curious to know why, again, that couldn't be postponed, but it's fine. <laughs> um, especially considering they've had Below Deck literally back to back to back to back to back. Right. And it feels like, especially people who are watching Sailing, because some people really are putting up with it, and the ratings aren't that bad. They're actually a little bit better or comparable to Vanderpump Rules. So that wow. should tell people something. And a few <laughs> yeah. times a week, it's better than Vanderpump Rules. So for people who are really dialed into Below Deck, I am curious as to why they wouldn't just give them a break because we don't need year-round Below Deck. It doesn't feel like that summery yacht feel. Well, here's here's the thing, too, about Below Deck. So I have had people in my DMs being like, no, it's actually really good. It's pretty entertaining. But the thing I'm interested that why they didn't push it is clearly they're not going to be able to film the next season of Below Below Deck for a while because, you know quarantine, pandemic, et cetera. So it's funny to me that they are just going to keep business as usual of airing it right after this season. That being said, the fact that they pushed Potomac, I mean, I think we are already kind of knew that Potomac was going to be good this season, but it actually makes me even more excited because that means that Bravo fully is like, no, we're keeping this gem because there's not going to be anything else going on and we're just going to hit them with Potomac. And I am so excited about it. Yeah, I'm very, very pleased that they did this. Um, Oh, I'm not pleased that they did this, this delay, but I'm pleased that they're giving us a little, they're not even hinting around how good it is, but they're also not overselling it. I think 
they feel that the season is basically too good to waste and they just want to make sure that they maximize viewership. Um, but I'd argue, bravo, that that happens when people have literally nothing else to watch. And so <laughs> trying to save it for the, for the fall when there's nothing else happening in the fall, to me, let's, it is not going to really get people to watch it more because it's been on during other shows and been on when other things are on when nothing you know on like lead times and like lower viewership times and it's done pretty consistent across the board so now to me is the best time because if you want over a million viewers well over a million people are home right now who want right. to watch Bravo <laughs> so yeah, the silver lining, and we were talking about this before we started recording, the silver lining is that people do have time to catch up if they really want to, which I think at this point you are doing nothing. I know that your view, your listeners probably are watching it just because you talk about it every single week. But I, at this point, if there is somebody listening right now that is not watching Potomac, why? I want you to look inward and ask yourself why, because really you're you're choosing unhappiness. You're choosing a bad path. You should watch Potomac. Yeah, I would agree. It is something if y'all aren't doing by now. I mean, me and Ryan um, from Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good. We talked last week about it's his charge and his challenge. I need to check <laughs> in to make sure it's still his priority. But he said that he thinks it's, it would actually be a good movement that in this time. Go forth, watch Potomac. And with that, <laughs> I will dive into um, the other things and other shows and housewives and stuff that we are watching that are doing well, simply so y'all can trust me. And because if you like what I'm saying about these shows, you should trust that I am talking good things about Potomac. Like I'm telling you the truth. So, <laughs> um, with that being said, and if you don't like it, then, you know, whatever, we're all entitled to our opinions, especially because. I know people have really strong opinions about me liking Sutton because I liked her from the beginning. It didn't take me this long to be like, oh, she's stirring things up. But on Beverly Hills, I thought Sutton was going to be a breath of fresh. And I think she's giving them the kick in the pants that they need. And I don't care if y'all think she's mean. It's housewives, okay? I'm not Barney. I'm not watching TV. <laughs> I do not understand the Sutton pushback. I was like you. The moment that this out-of-touch crazy person graced my screen I was like yes 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 she is the monster we need she is so out of touch she is so hypocritical she is classless while thinking she is the epitome of social graces and for everybody out there who is saying that you know she's so awful and blah 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 yeah that's the point that's the it's point she's life. terrible like, it, it, what do you want, Camille? Because I hate when people use this thing. Like, I've listened to some podcasts, and I've heard some people be like, well, they were being really mean to Teddy. I'm like, do you understand what, what, what job we're doing here? Like, I'm not saying come in and verbally assail people. But at the same time, we are watching Housewives. That is what people like. Otherwise, you'd be calling for a reckoning of a brand new cast if they all got along i.e. last season. When Lisa <laughs> right. left, people were like, we're kind of the dog. We also don't want to see them all be happy and in Paris and stuff. I'm like, then what do you want? You can't have it both ways. Either you want someone to be mean. I don't even think Sutton's a villain. I think she's just like, why is everyone being so nice? And what is this obvious like rallying group or this like obvious trust wall they all have up? Like they all have this thing to get like this deal. 
that we all, people thought that they made last season where they weren't going to talk about each other's stuff and they were going to be like not too nice or not too mean. Like they were going to try to produce a season and Sutton's like, well, I didn't get that memo. But she just got here. So she's trying to do her job. I mean, at the table, uh, obviously now we're talking about Beverly Hills. So <laughs> at the table, at the dinner party, and we will definitely back up, but the dinner party is really all that matters. Oh my God, um, it was amazing. What the hell? I was <laughs> like, this, and I thought nothing could top the Roni, uh, what is that? Like at home party from hell, with the <laughs> yeah. torches and the throwing and the naked people in the pool. And I'm not saying this topped it. I'm just saying this came dangerously close. And it I was, was sitting here watching again like what am I watching it was so good and to to back up a little bit you had said like people defending Teddy so I have to admit to you Monty I am a Teddy apologist I know I must be wrong everybody has informed me I am wrong I don't think she I don't think Teddy is the worst housewife ever I I I was kind of on Teddy's side but that being said I still love Sutton for doing it. Like, if this was a normal dinner party, of course Sutton's in the wrong. But it's not. It's television. And I think it was so funny to hear high as fuck Mauricio being like, these aren't the ladies I know. Because it's so true. They are so fake. They're so Beverly Hills fake. And I love that Sutton came in and was like, no, I'm going to tell you exactly what I first thought of you, Teddy. Exactly. It's And I got what she was saying in her professional. She was like, wait. Oh, and she kept saying, oh, I'm so mean. And I'm like, I don't think you're mean. I think you're the one who's playing the game right. The game that Lisa Renna obviously started to stir the pot. Like, let's be honest. She wanted, there's two new mm-hmm. girls in the group and all the, a lot of husbands there. So she's asking, what was everyone's first impression of each other? Because there are two new girls in the group. Lisa mm-hmm. Vanderpump's not there. She wants to know what people are thinking after coming onto a show that basically they had a coup and got rid of the the mastermind. And also Kyle's old best friend is there, Faye. She has her old assistant who is now like this major e-broadcaster and mm-hmm. stuff there. Like there's a lot of people in the room to ask this question of because it's a mixed dinner party. And Kyle throws a good dinner party. She has good guests. I will say that. She doesn't yeah, want to throw a good dinner party. And it was Rena who chose the game. However, and I had um, Evelyn Marley of um, This One's For You Tonight on Instagram. I had her on my Instagram Live this past Friday. And we both agree that Kyle Lowkey, if you pay attention, is always involved in the background of planting seeds for drama. It was Kyle that chose the direction of the game. And I 100%, I don't think Kyle expected exactly that, but I think she was hoping that something like that was going to happen where she knew that Teddy was going to say something nice to Sutton and she chose the direction that Sutton was going to say something about Teddy. I 100% believe it. Mm-hmm. I think that it was a little planned, a little premeditated, though <laughs> I will admit Sutton did say to Kyle, I don't want to be left out or I don't know where to sit. She wanted a seating chart specifically so that it wouldn't be awkward, especially because of, you know, having her having to sit with Teddy. That was something I think she was hyper aware of because she kind of threw a little hissy fit before they even sat down. I was like, see, I told you this was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. Where do I sit? I'm freaking out. And I'm like, <laughs> calm down, Miss Southern Grace. Like, relax. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a deal. I think it's so I actually think that it the conflict between her and Teddy is so interesting and so funny because it truly to me I think that they're both 
very insecure people who project a sense of like overconfidence to overcompensate for it. And I think they're both similar in that way. So they're both like going head to head, feeling different insecurities about different things, but projecting to each other like this front that they don't care. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just so beautiful to watch because it's just such a disaster. Yeah, I actually think that in a lot of ways, Sutton and and Teddy are kind of the same person. They just project it so differently. Um, Mm -hmm. There's so much insecurity there. I made a note earlier on when they were sitting down and meeting um, that Teddy instantly went into this like whole, we have never heard her talk about her Southern roots other than when she first got on the show. And I will go on record and say that. I don't care if people want to prove me wrong. I don't buy it. The same way people didn't remember her, um, I think at BravoCon, they asked her, like, what's your, asked everyone, what's your most iconic phrase from your time on the show? And she said, I'm so hungry. And they tweeted it. And everyone in the comments were like, we have no recollection of you saying that. <laughs> Luckily, I remember literally everything pointless. <laughs> and I remembered exactly when she said that. In when Paris, right? Said, right, in Paris. She said it when Kyle was taking the trip from her, when she was drunk and wanted to eat a simple car, which makes sense when you're drunk. And she, it took Kyle wouldn't let her do it. And she was so hungry. She didn't want a potato chip. And that was both dark and telling. Um, but beyond <laughs> that, because I remember that, I would know if she ever mentioned being Southern. I remember her saying that she like basically told her parents she wanted to flee the coop in South Carolina and go to LA. And they were like, well, make it happen on your own. We're not going to give you anything. Now that I remember. But now all of a, t- all of a sudden she's this, tea sweet tea drinking but like without the sugar which uh how i know you're not southern because even if you <laughs> like it without the sugar that is the most southernest thing to do is to drink sweet tea even if you don't want sweet tea there are plenty of fit and beautiful and skinny people in south carolina they're still like we understand the importance of sweet tea cameron from southern charm perfect Hello. example <laughs> boom like i i know this for a fact okay i watch a lot of southern charm new orleans and those women are tight. One of them's husband owns a freaking gym and they go in the middle of the day to each other's house and they drink sweet tea and have freaking lemon squares. Cause it's yeah. southern. Like that's what you do. <laughs> like it's lemonade and sweet. They have like a pitcher ready at all times to pour some sweet tea into someone's drink. So for I was like, okay, so you're randomly southern now. But I think that was mainly because Sutton is southern and mm-hmm. instantly made that connection with. Erica, who has talked about her past in Georgia and has talked about growing up in in, in Atlanta and stuff, and made it and made that that connection there. And I think Teddy went so badly to connect beyond Kyle. She knows she has that in the bag, but she wanted to connect with Lisa Vanderpump, so she wants to kind of be a bit of a of a connector. And it's so funny because I think in the same like just like what you said. Teddy is super concerned about people not wanting to come to her event enough that she's like, you don't even have to come. Like she kind of disinvites yes. before she invites because she knows no one's going to want to come. But Sutton is so like desperate to be invited and be liked and so mm-hmm. worried that they're not going to want to invite her that she's like, well, I want you to want me there because now if you say I don't need to come and I come, I look desperate. But I am <laughs> right. desperate. So I'm like, you're both literally coming from the same desperate place. Why don't y'all both go on the boxing retreat together? <laughs> yeah, I just, with Teddy, she is so wrong with that. Um, I do, like, I, uh, I hate to admit this. I, I do see a little bit, a tiny bit of myself in Teddy, where I am very much self-deprecating, and I kind of have learned, like, you make the joke about yourself first, so then the other person can't. And I think that that's what Teddy does, and that's what I think she was trying to be, 
lighthearted and like with that text message of like, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but she did herself such a disservice. And where me and Teddy are different is I am not a like type A control freak where she very much is. And I wish she would just like, as Lisa Rinna says, own it, baby. And I wish she would just say like, yes, I am super controlling. I would love for you guys. It would mean the world to me if you guys could make an appearance. I know all the people in my all-in retreat would love to see the housewives. Could you guys come for dinner? I would super appreciate it. You can leave right after. You don't have to do any of the workouts. Like, that would be amazing. Or, like, whatever she actually wanted them to do, but just be very specific. But by her leaving it so open-ended and then trying to make it, like, I'm easy breezy. I don't care if you come at all. It just makes it so much worse because all the women, and it was so funny to see how they all reacted. Like the fact that Lisa Rinna immediately knew, like, yeah, you're going to hold it against us forever if we don't come. I love that Garcelle, who right. doesn't know Teddy yet, was like, um, I'm not okay, going. great. I don't have to go. And then Sutton yeah, is she like took full it very, on spiraling. Yeah, she took it, like, Garcelle took it very literally. And that's so funny because the other girls know Teddy enough especially from filming with her. They know her triggers, what to say, what not to say. And we'll get to that in a minute with the whole, she's about to cry. And mm-hmm. I was like, now if anyone's the mean girls here, and I'm not saying I'm mad at it. I'm just saying it's not just Sutton and nor is it really Sutton at all. But no. they knew what to do. But Garcelle was like, okay, so she said, I don't have to go. So I'm not going to go. <laughs> and we all know that's not what she meant. But I really right. believe Garcelle was like, I don't know this girl to know her inner most thoughts and secrets. Like, I don't <laughs> and know that- how she's really feeling. It also speaks to Garcelle's confidence that she's like, okay, cool. Like, I don't have to go. I don't want to go to this all-in retreat. Like, she wasn't overthinking it because she's the type of person that if she sent a text like that, she really would mean, I don't care if you come or, like, don't worry about coming. So it's just so funny to see how everybody reacted and that basically – and I honestly, I agree with you. I don't think – I think Sutton was the one who got set up to be the mean girl, but they – all the other women, you didn't see anybody, like, jumping to their feet to defend Teddy. It was very reminiscent of, like, a sixth-grade sleepover of, like, let's go around and say one thing we don't like about each other. Teddy, we'll go in for you. Yeah, pretty much. And it's like, this felt very much so the equivalent of Mean Girls, like the movie, like the actual movie. So <laughs> yes. it, it was very much so um, that scene where they all are in the mirror and they're talking about the things that they hate about themselves. And if you don't join in, they will just come after you. And it's, kind of that the social graces were extended but only until a point and I think they knew that at a certain point Garcelle Denise and Sutton they don't know really enough to give off that that same vibe but also that Beverly Hills game it's a game and it's funny because people are getting mad at Sutton for what she said about Teddy and making her upset but she didn't necessarily lie she said her first impression was she thought she was going to be boring. And then she said, and then I heard you were pregnant. And I was like, oh, because that means she can't drink. She can't really get loose with, with the other women. And, and the girl walks in with a fireball with a bow on it, okay? So Sutton had a plan. <laughs> and so if Teddy's pregnant, she's going to be the most sober one out of the group. They have to kind of tiptoe a little bit more around her. She's going to be emotional. And so I understand what she was saying. And most people were thinking it. But when you hear it on screen, all of a sudden you're annoyed by it. But Denise, I mean, but Lisa Rinna even said in her confessional at the same time before we got to Sutton, oh, this is that Beverly Hills game. We'll just all compliment each other. Right. You wanted this energy. Y'all did. Mm -hmm. Don't be mad that you got it. 
Yeah, and I go back and forth because I definitely, so hearing um, what Teddy says later in the episode to Erica about, like, you know, what really got her was talking about being pregnant and, like, learning about her pregnancy journey and that she didn't necessarily think that she could get pregnant and this is kind of, like, a miracle pregnancy. I get where she's coming from. I also hate the trope on Bravo that because someone is pregnant or because someone's getting married or because, you know, X, Y, and Z, we can't go after them. And as someone who has been pregnant two times, being pregnant is not like a disability. You are still the same person. Like I went to music festivals. I went to bachelorette parties. Like you can still participate and be fun and like not have to be like tiptoed around. So I hate that this is like a common thing on Bravo of like, we can't go after them or we can't say what we really mean. And I think the perfect example is Monique on Potomac. She is the only pregnant person on Bravo that I have totally enjoyed and loved her pregnancy season because she was very much still Monique on Potomac ready to drag someone even when she was pregnant and I really wish that other people would bring that energy that they're not like this like special like kid glove version of themselves when they're pregnant or getting married right okay so we've come to that point where there's other things obviously to talk about you know the husbands not being there and which ones were and weren't and all that stuff. And we could spend all day doing that. However, what we really truly need to do is talk about this damn dinner party conversation. (laughs) I love that Mauricio was high and everyone's talked about this already because I, I think he knew the writing on the wall. And Mm -hmm. said to himself, I need to get to a place where I am either so entertained by myself that whatever (laughs) boring happens, I'm cool with. Whatever drama happens, I'm cool with. But also, he might have been the only person who wasn't shocked and mouth ajar by Denise's husband because he's on a different dimension too. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was so funny. The internet went wild for Hi Mauricio and even Kyle actually like reposted um, one of my memes I made about Hi Mauricio and I just think it's so funny that a couple of seasons ago in Amsterdam, Kyle like clutched her pearls at, oh, marijuana and a joint or a cookie. Like, what is this going to do? And now she's just like fully asking Mauricio, like, have you been partaking? (laughs) Just like so, and it's it proves like Brandy Glanville say what you will about her but she knew that Kyle was full of shit in Amsterdam yeah exactly and I (laughs) oh and then he took her salmon and that's like a sidebar we're not all over the place but when he took Denise's salmon I cracked up because (laughs) anyone who has partaken knows that there is a lot of hunger things that happen and it's just sitting there (laughs) and when it's just sitting in front of you I will not I know of a person I won't explain who because everything is admissible in court these days (laughs) and I know of a person who has been so high they have made an entire dinner and I will tell you no matter who you believe in it was by the grace of God they did not burn the house down because their response to everything was so slow (laughs) the fire starting on the gas stove the rice boiling over and they made like meatballs and rice and vegetable and I'm just like how did you do all of this and sat there and ate pretty much all of it it's you can't ignore the need for a good meal and it was just (laughs) sitting in front of them and it made me laugh and I think that 
producers have been, if they were holding on to this little tidbit that Aaron was controversially and subjectively nutty, I would mm-hmm. like to write a complaint. And I'm loving that they're <laughs> letting everything out of the bag this season. But yes. before, I would have loved to know that this man was so nutty because he's had all the hot wives, all the rich and celebrity wives. He's yeah. been around. And that monologue, I mean, wow. You could not write a better monologue I mean he just went on and on and it literally ended with like space space so much space does that make sense and Mauricio was just like yeah yeah that makes sense (laughs) because he's also in space he was also in space yeah that was pretty crazy I also found it very interesting that it was actually Denise who was kind of like tapping him on the knee, but not in the way of, like, stop talking, but more in the way of, like, be careful, we're being followed. What do you, th- are they being followed by Big Pharma? No, and I think that someone I heard on, I think it may have been Two Judgy Girls, they were like, or, or someone said that it was tweeted. It could have also just been your producers, honey. Maybe the Bravo Chemical <laughs> was following you. That happens, you know. I mean, oh, paparazzi, you are legitimately in California and you are a celebrity yeah and the other thing is like Denise's ex-husband is Charlie Sheen like perhaps he is having her like I don't know I just think and you were just assigned a new court trial and everything so this is new like your news again as well while filming this I just feel like there are probably like 10 companies and or groups and or paparazzi things that I would assume before I went to made made the jump to big pharma. That being said, I do believe that they believe they're being followed, which that must be very stressful for them because I, I do believe that both of them, I think Denise believes it too. And it was, it was very reminiscent of like that couple in college that like smokes a little bit too much weed or like perhaps partakes in other drugs and are like talking about chemtrails and like big brother watching. And it was just so funny to see everybody else's reaction at the table. And I have to once again point out that it was Kyle who asked the question, Aaron, what is it? Go ahead and tell us what you do. And for that, I do have to say thank you, Kyle Richards, because wow, 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 wow. Right. If if we think that they are not... Uh, aware of the show that they're making, these housewives, we are all sadly mistaken. Nothing is accidental. They read the Twitter. They know what we're... As as soon as they can see and retweet when you praise them and you like what they're doing, they see Mm -hmm. the other stuff. So they know what is being said of them, which is why I think this week we're going to see that they're going to turn on Kyle a little bit and be like, you don't protect all your friends. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, we know there's a coup. So they're going to tell us there was a coup. You're right. Because what else do you do? It's like a, yeah. a kid or a, ch- a toddler. When they get caught eventually, sometimes they have no other choice but to kind of admit it and bring everyone ar- around them down too. And be like, well, she told me to do it. And she gave me this. And she told me to write on the wall. Like, it- it's nothing else to do because they've been caught. So they know the show that they're trying to produce. And I'm not going to lie. I kind of love it. I think I love it more. 
I honestly have been so pleasantly surprised about this season so far. And the thing about Aaron's monologue and just that craziness that was that dinner party is that we didn't know about it. And that truly excites me because I was worried we already knew all the drama and we already knew all the crazy twists and turns that were going to happen. And the fact that like we didn't really know that that the women were going to turn against Kyle. And Kyle truly has gone her entire career without a true bad edit season. So I'm very interested because to see. Because it's her see... show, Cough Cough. <laughs> right. Allegedly but Cough Cough I'm, and not I'm, allegedly I'm, Cough Cough. I know, but I'm very interested to see what that's going to look like and how she's going to respond to that because she is always so much playing the victim. And I think it's going to be so interesting to see you know, that's going to be a completely different show if she loses control of that. And I think it's so funny and so delicious that she worked so hard to get Lisa Vanderpump kicked off just to have the next season everybody turn against her. And I cannot wait to watch. Right, because she, what what I always say is you never want to underestimate someone's desperation. And I think that Denise got one of the most record breaking salaries allegedly to make this show the uh, the oh wow i didn't know that oh yeah yeah yeah. i remember that when it was um they were filming when they first started filming they talked about denise getting uh, allegedly like four million or something for the season which is oh my god a lot so and that was before all this happened and if that is true and she got that and people were joking when they it was really that she quit she said uh, people were saying what do I need to do to get the most amount of money and least amount of work because that's what Denise practically did but for, <laughs> for us to now find out that she only basically missed December and only missed two big parties of filming mm-hmm. you want to never underestimate someone like Denise who needs the money mm-hmm. who is promised a lot of money who is desperate she this is her a big job she's an actress yes but she is this is a big paycheck for her and she has Mm -hmm. kids and for them to tell her if you come back or you come to the reunion because Lisa Vanderpump has said if she doesn't go to the reunion she foregoes half of her entire check that's a lot hinged on a very ending episode you could film all season and not see that money so for her to be like I'm gonna get my money of course she's gonna come back and I think that It was, they put all their eggs in the wrong basket. I'm not saying the basket was Lisa Vanderpump, but never underestimate how much even producers might want to, you know, get rid of Kyle's alleged reign. I mean, how many times have you seen people get their own separate section of reunions dedicated to just them in a whole different place? And when we got that with Kim Richards back in the day after she was out of rehab, a lot of that was a good clear sign that the show was initially invited for other women but it was supposed to be around Kyle and Kim that was always the alleged truth is that it was pretty much their show Kathy didn't want to do it which obviously he would understand that she's made that very clear so is Paris and they made it into a housewife show but every housewife franchise most of them didn't even start as housewife shows so it's not uh, a, far, a far-fetched idea but if Kyle has all this reign to have her own reunion section then you know she doesn't really get a bad edit and all these right. things of course it's it, there's a reckoning that has to come because these women also need this they all pretty much had lawsuits last year. <laughs> they all need this 
<laughs> yeah. And the thing is, so I agree with all of that. And I think it's so, um, I think that this has been a big year for Bravo. It seems like they're making really big changes and it does seem like they're listening to viewer feedback and they're starting to notice that like we watch dumb shows but that doesn't mean we're dumb people as viewers and we see when there is you know when women are controlling the storyline when castmates are deciding what picking and choosing what parts of their life they're going to show and I do think that if Kyle does, it looks like it's going to happen, but if it does happen where she's getting a bad edit or that perhaps she's not shown in the best light, I think that that's continuing this train of Bravo being like, no, 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 we're taking control back. You're not going to do that. And also mm -hmm. getting back to Denise, never underestimate the fact that she was married to Charlie Sheen. Like she can Hello. handle these women. <laughs> she was married you to Charlie she's Sheen. she's afraid of a Kyle Richards and a bunch of like rich Beverly Hills women? The, <laughs> the man was visibly a knight. Like we all saw it. Are you kidding? Exactly. She it. Yeah. And that's so, why she wasn't phased in New York when Erica was like, you need to get on water. She's a girl. <laughs> I don't know how to how to play with this man. It's not that serious. I'm gonna drink this margarita. I'll handle it when I get back. I am currently in New York. I will handle it when I get to California. Yeah, and I am just in general noting a shift with Beverly Hills that they definitely all had like they must have had a sit down with producers with Bravo of being like this shit has to change because it definitely seems like they took note. They took note of, of viewer feedback. Erica is showing more vulnerability than we've ever seen. Dorit is talking about her lawsuit, even if it's with mints in her mouth. Like we are getting what we've wanted to get. And I think that as viewers, I think, of course, Kyle actually has a ton of fans, a ton of stands. I'm, I have them in my DMs all the time. But I think that there is a subsection of us that are like, okay, I don't necessarily dislike Kyle, but I don't like that she's never given the two-sided coin of editing that everybody else gets. She only gets the highlights. She only gets the scenes of her daughters going to college. She gets to show her career. She gets to show her perfect husband. And I, I do think there's something to be said of like, we need to see both sides of it to make her a more well-rounded character and person because not all of this is rainbows and sunshine. And I think that the most likable Kyle ever was, was when Kim was on the show, because it did show that like dark mm -hmm. side of what's going on in her life. And I think once Kim left, and for me personally, I don't think, I don't think it's healthy for Kim to be on The Real Housewives. I'm glad she's taking time away from the camera. I don't think that was a healthy situation. But when Kim left, Kyle really stopped showing the intimate details of her life and it became like the here's me and my go-kart going grocery shopping haha ha, wacky good times and it's just so annoying to watch I would agree and I think you are 100% right because what I'm realizing is that where they started the season I think they filmed because Cal's fashion show that was well into their filming, at least a couple of weeks to months. So for them to already be in New York and to skip everything before it, and you know Kyle was doing the most about the preparation and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And for them to skip all of it before it and jump straight to here and now and three episodes being just about taking down Teddy, like they're going one by one. And yeah. I think it's because they really did sit down with these ladies and were like, listen, you don't have a season. Literally, we're going to pull the plug or something. Yeah, if you don't give us something. You're and gonna have to talk about it. And because for Dorit to be like, "Oh yeah, well we can finally talk about this lawsuit, sweetie." You can talk about it more than you think, and that's one thing. Is like, <laughs> especially I've had many lawyers. Like I have been vocal that I've been a legal intern for a few years. 
everyone in my family is lawyers on one side of my family. They're like, you can talk about it more than you think. If they want to, they really just call their lawyers and say, what can I mention? So for them to always say, oh, it's an ongoing legal matter. My lawyer said I can't talk about, I can't discuss any details. You can at least discuss what is public. You can discuss anything incriminating, but you can say there is a suit against me or there's a judgment out or this part, it's an old right. co-packer that I am going to court with. It's all about words. It's just the words you use. And so the fact, little, yeah. And the fact ahead. that, uh, the fact that last season they were in the Bahamas and there was that footage that was like servicing on Reddit where a woman was like chasing after her with a camera yelling at her about like how she owes people money. The fact that that, like they were filming during that. And the fact that none of that was even like spoken about mentioned, like even brought up was just, I think part of the, the frustration about it. And I think it, it definitely, um, I think you're exactly right that there must have been something that that's like kind of when they were starting is that fashion show and boy, that fashion show. I mean, I think that that is very telling for the type of edit Kyle is in for, because when you are rivaling Sonia Morgan in like preparedness for a fashion show, like, wow, that was rough to watch. Yeah, I would, I would agree. It was, it was interesting. And I want to end Beverly Hills with an understanding or a question of, do you understand what Aaron says? <laughs> of course, I don't understand what Aaron said. And I actually, I had um, a, a follower DM me and her husband was like, a, I don't know, I'm going to say a rocket scientist, but something where he would probably understand what Aaron said. And she uh, let me know that none of it, it was gibberish. None of it made any sense to him and he's in the field. So that made me feel better too. (laughs) Like, listen, I go to chiropractors. I drink apple cider vinegar when I feel sick. I am as as holistic as the next girl, not quite a Shannon Bedore, but I'm up there. Okay. And I was lost. I asked (laughs) my, and I don't like to use the word hippie, but I asked my most alternative of Mm -hmm. alternative medicine friends. And I mean, they are deeply invested. They are in the chance. They are in the smoking of sage, okay? They are are visiting Dr. Moon. (laughs) Yeah, they are Dr. Moons, okay? And and they're talking about auras and and healing. And I'm asking them like, watch this scene and, and, and I want you to translate. And three of them were like, I think he's wrong. And they literally then debated me as if I said it. And like, he's wrong because this and this and that. I'm like, okay, so what you're saying is you don't even think he's telling the truth. And they're like, yeah, no, I don't think any of that. And one of them was like, what did he say? I don't get it. Like he, they asked what he did and he said, everything you know about diseases is false. It's not an answer. And I really, I've heard the transcript a few times and I kind of want to get it and like frame it. And put it in like a bunch of like pick stitches on my wall. Like everything you heard about diseases is false. He lived next to, and I think was it was was it you that literally posted the whole thing? Um, it was. I think it was two judgy girls. I posted like a chunk of it. Um, superimposed but with to Jaden. Yes, face. Like, I remember being tagged in that and being like, I have fallen in love, and I don't know how you keep getting it right, but hearing it back and then yeah. hearing it without his face. When it's extracted like that, I'm just... I mean, "Hmm." it is... So, so to talk about, like, you know, 
alternative hippie. So Monty next to me is my um, little prayer crystal that's charged or my prayer candle that's charging all my crystals. Like I am very much a crazy person. I am very much Shannon Bador adjacent. However, this is my argument for Aaron. Denise just had four hernias removed from her body. Could he so not have used his space and sound and whatever to like even remove one of those? I'm just saying, if it, if if everything we know about diseases is wrong, then maybe or decrease like, like the pain because she came <laughs> out there and she was in it and she had to basically leave the dinner party early because of it. But do you think that was because of the pain, or do you think that it was because she was a little embarrassed? Because I was with Sutton when I was like, as a wife, this might be that knee tapping moment. I think that it seemed like she was in so much pain. Um, it seemed agree. like she, I, it seemed like she was definitely like probably on painkillers, which I do not blame her. Like she just had major surgery. The fact that she was but like what wearing about the atom splitting. <laughs> the fact she was wearing heels and a tight dress is just like, uh, wow. Hats Were you off to you. By that, because isn't she the jeans and flip flops girl? Because she yeah. said that. To Sutton, she was like, I thought you were going to judge me because of my jeans and flip-flops. And I'm like, don't worry, you made this kind of house. It's a house probably, party. <laughs> probably because she knew that, you know, she didn't want to be talked shit about by Kyle. <laughs> but I do, I do think that she was in pain. I think that she was over it. They were probably planning on leaving early anyway, and then that happened. And I think that also she just, like, was not on her game to even, like, she mm-hmm. was definitely out of it herself to even try to... Yeah. diffuse the situation that and I think it was that, left off the leash <laughs> yeah, I think at that point she's like all right we're out of here but you know everybody I had a lovely time to even shut this down because <laughs> right. and he was like oh someone commented on one of my posts when I posted about you know big pharma finding out that they are the big talk of the dinner party and it's in your <laughs> face that they're really happy and feeling themselves like oh we've made it TV. <laughs> and and it's a joke. And someone was like, I understood what he was saying completely. I just feel bad for Denise. I was like, don't worry. She's protected. Because she's protected. <laughs> That's what Aaron said. And I am glad we can all be in jest about this. Because, oh my God. I thought it was probably one of the reactions from everyone was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. I want to see it on a loop every day. Justin, the lady sitter, this is how <laughs> this man has made it to E. This is how he goes from being a part of a reality show called um, Beverly Hills Nannies to being Kyle's assistant in like the early seasons to being mm-hmm. king of E! News. This is what mm-hmm. happens. Because reactions like that don't come by every day. I mean, it was, and I think it was even him that's, that was like, should we even be talking about this? You know, big pharma. <laughs> I'm like, this is, he is trolling him openly and I love yeah. it. <laughs> also, you was like, listen, if you're in as much danger as you say you in, I don't want to be in it too. <laughs> Shut it down. It is very much so my energy. I'm like, uh-uh, whatever you think you in danger of, I don't want it. Even if I don't believe, I don't want it. So you can keep it, okay? <laughs> big keep pharma, it. if you're listening, we don't believe it. We think you're doing a great job, you know, do not Listen. come after us. I don't need anybody following me. It's okay. The words spoken here do not reflect anything that you heard on the house. Of the <laughs> we are openly trolling him. Please do not mistake our sarcasm for agreement. <laughs> like, please, please. I'm not, I'm just not that as, as good as being direct and openly funny as like the girls of Beverly Hills, I mean, of New York, God, not Beverly Hills, but we'll see where they go. 
with this. I'm excited for this week. I think that a lot of walls will be taken down. Um, I have some predictions, some things I just want to get off my chest and say early now. I do not like the idea of Lisa Renna's daughter being a plot, but she's not even on the show. Even if she appears, and I know y'all are like, well, she gave her mom permission. I don't even like that the therapist told Lisa anything because just because she's over 18, that makes me mm-hmm. very, very itchy. Um, well, you know, I like screaming at me. <laughs> yeah, in my real life. So, you know, hard to believe, but Ono Bravo does not bring me any income as of yet. Still waiting on that FabFitFun partnership. But um, <laughs> in my real life, I am a therapist. And that gave me pause when she said that the therapist, number one, that she said that the therapist had contacted her at all. But then that she's sharing this information on national television. I, I have to believe that her daughter gave her permission. But like, I just, it just like it did, it made me itchy as well, Monty. And it, and I'm, I'm hoping that the frame of that conversation was that, you know, the daughter wanted the therapist to reach out to her mom to say like, you know, she's not doing well, she needs to come home. Like, and it was that type of conversation, but just as a therapist, I just, that whole situation made me incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. As someone who's been in therapy, I've had my therapist be like, I will sit down with you when you talk with your mom about not wanting to be at school anymore, like right. I will talk with you through that. If you want to have this conversation with her, if you feel that you want to, and you're ready, but I've never had them go over my head and call my mom, especially as an adult, because technically you don't need to call someone's mom when they're right. an adult. Like there's no, like they're not, you know, on the, the, the medical form, it's like sign if you're patient or if you're parent of patient who's under 18 because just a, they can't legally sign. It, right, just a casual, a casual HIPAA violation. It's fine. Yeah, it's great. fine. And then to be on national television and I get it. And they showed the post. I know she put it on social media. I get she's a model. However, there is a major difference between the Bravo ratings viewers and Instagram's 100,000 people that follow her. And even if she did give permission, she's not there. And it's not like Lisa's talking to just camera about a conversation she's about to have with her daughter or anything like that. She's talking to Teddy and we're led to believe this is just them filming regular girlfriends. So right. now I have an issue with my mom going and telling everybody on a hike about my what? Like I just, it felt itchy. It felt like we're making this a thing. And I don't like things being made a thing uh, so heavily when it's something like disordered eating it, it, or something like that it makes me yeah. feel very uncomfortable and a lot of it felt like Lisa Rinna was trying to get a little bit of um absolution because people often have said on the internet because they're cool and they don't understand how disordered eating works that it's Lisa Rinna's fault because she dances so and she's so skinny and she doesn't see she doesn't ever eat on the TV screen and all that stuff. And now her daughter has an eating disorder. And I can understand that yeah. that's frustrating, but it's not don't I don't need need you to use your daughter and her therapy and like her actual struggles and your relationship with her as a mother to eradicate yourself from that allegation. Yeah, I think it's a double-edged sword because on one hand, I do think it's very important that these issues are talked about and are shown and it's shown that like, it's Amelia, right? That That's having the issues. Um, like Amelia is a stunning, beautiful, smart, like 
from an outside perspective, like perfect person that's having these issues. So I think it's important that it's talked about on television, but I think that it's just, there's a difference between when it's your own personal journey. Like I know this past season on Jersey, it was talked about, or, you know, if it's, or like on New York there with Leah and like her alcoholism or not alcoholism, like if it's your personal journey, I think that Well, that this week Amelia better. comes on the show to talk about it with her mom. Now see that. I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And seeing it last season when it was her and her her father, and we definitely saw some, you know, some issues there. And like he seemed frustrated with how to deal with it. That to me seemed real enough. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, I, I I get it. And as someone who has had very similar issues as, as younger than her. Um, mm-hmm. but and, and thankfully I've done a lot of great therapy work, so it's it's helped me, but a lot of that also had to be me coming to terms with it on my own and I don't know I think maybe I'm just being overprotective because it's a situation that's close to home I'm closer to her in her age than a lot of the viewers but also if viewers go after someone like Jolie on OC right for right. literally no reason other than her they don't like her mother I cannot imagine I don't like this being open fire I it makes me very uncomfortable no, I I understand where you're what, where you're coming from, and I do think that the the thing that specifically rubbed me the wrong way was when they had that last two minutes of that first episode with, you know, Denise isn't filming and blah blah blah, and Rena sits down and they say, you know, the producer, you hear them say, you know, you're asked to be open, and she says, do you think I didn't I wanted to talk about my daughter's eating disorder? I just found that icky because it's like your daughter's mm-hmm. eating disorder shouldn't be your storyline. It could be something that's it's talked about. Not. You could be, it could be like how you're feeling about your daughter moving back home and worried about her, but it seems like the focus is on her daughter and her eating disorder. And that's where the the lines get a little blurred for me. Right. And if people need a reference, you know, before we move on to New York briefly, I will say um, Bronwyn did, was very careful when she talked about her issues as a mom of someone who has a lot of individual and uh, personal struggles like with her daughter Rowan she talked about it very 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 specifically uh, in mm-hmm. accordance to how she felt as a mother not right. necessarily telling us that because people really speculated does she have OCD or, or does she have an eating disorder because but her she her main she maintains the entire season through reunion it's not her story to tell so yeah. she can and I think, talk about her experience. And I think that's a perfect example. You're still showing people, you know, what your life is and the truth behind it and what you're, you personally are struggling with. But that's the point. It's what you personally are struggling with. So if it's the lens of my daughter has just moved home, she's going through a tough time. I want to support her, but I'm worried about her. I think that's an entirely different conversation than going on a hike and talking about your daughter's depression, depression and eating disorder. Right, because if the answer is, you know, well, she really wants people to be able to be aware and get her story out there, but you didn't do that. And you're not talking about what it's like to have an eating disorder. So that's not what's happening. People aren't feeling more aware. They're not going to see you and be like, wow, my mom must be really stressed when she goes on a hike and has to talk about what I'm doing. Like, that's not what's happening there. If Amelia's on the screen and telling us I'm still struggling with this a year later, now that might be a little bit more relatable, but that wasn't what happened. And I just feel like if we can see it done on one franchise, we can see it done on another. And I agree with you that last minute of like, you think I wanted to talk about my daughter's eating disorder? I'm like, well, you really couldn't have. And if you feel like that's the only way you can keep your job and keep it to have a storyline about someone that isn't you, period. 
then maybe we should be giving that job to the person who has the storyline and not you. Well, Otherwise, let's not get too crazy. We, we need Lisa Renna. Let's be real. I mean, she is I mean, like the court jester. We need her to stir the pot, but at the same time, we, then we don't need you to have a storyline. Don't right. go on I, a hike with Teddy. Just come to the dinner <laughs> parties. Exactly. No, I think Lisa Renna definitely plays a role, but I do think, yeah, I, I think she's kind of like veering into friend of, um, kind of she territory for me. Definitely. Yeah, where she comes in, she knows what she's doing. She's playing that character. She's stirring the pot. And I don't necessarily need to see the scenes at home. I I do find the scenes with Harry Hamlin hilarious. I did find the very short... Yeah, the very short, very strange cut of her screaming at the telephone pole in her backyard. I found that funny. But I don't really need to, like, get into the nitty-gritty of her daughter's, you know, mental health struggles. I think that, again, that's her daughter's story to tell. I would agree. I think that just, and it's, it's, and she's capable of doing so when and if she wants to. And it seems like we'll see her next season. Very much so, like this seamless and infinitely amazing segue into Leah talking about her alcoholism on um, Housewives of New York. I <sighs> love that we're back in New York. We're in the city. We're no longer mm-hmm. in the Hamptons. We have three weeks of <laughs> And I was very like, where are we going with this? <laughs> I'm very pleased by it. So I will never complain again. I promise I will trust the Bravo to do what it does best. I mean, New York We're back is... in the city. No, go ahead. Uh, so I was saying we're back in the city and it's fashion week. And only New York can like speed rush a <laughs> plot in one episode where we got Kyle's um, fashion show for like two straight episodes. We went to like two or three fashion shows in one episode. <laughs> yeah, New York is back and it, they really are just playing in a league of their own. They, you know, Beverly Hills has been great. I've had no complaints. I've been so excited about them. But then it's just so funny that like New York comes back and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is just an all-star cast, an all-star franchise. I'm not really missing Bethany. I think that Leah, I know that you have your struggles with Leah. I think that as a housewife, though, and I know you agree with this part, she has fit into the cast seamlessly. I think she's bringing a fresh energy. I love that she's bringing Sonia like a fun, lighthearted, drunk version of Sonia back out, which I always appreciate. And I do think she is being vulnerable and real, and she's showing some really slightly dark things, like right out of the gate, which, you know, that's all I can ask for in a housewife is that they're open and honest and willing to kind of show it all. Yeah, I I do agree with you. You're right. I don't find Leah to be a bad housewife. I think that she actually want them to kind of ramp it up a little bit because I know she has it in her and I get that she was feeling her way around for a bit and that's that's necessary but it's also New York and it goes so fast that we have seen people fill themselves out and and read the room for a little too long and then they become one seasoners I think mm-hmm. the reception of Leah will keep her for another season and she'll be like a Dorinda or a Sonya where she just gets better and better every single season but I'm almost like Okay, girl, like, come on, like, let's ramp it up. Like, what happened in the Hamptons, though it detrimental to her family, mm-hmm. was fantastic for us. And that mm-hmm. is kind of how we get down. We're not very good people um, <laughs> when we watch our television. We don't want the best for the people on TV. I'm sorry. We only want the best for them when it's the, after they've served us well. 
But <laughs> right. now we want Bethany to go save the world and this is a crisis and everything. But not any sooner than she gets into a like a season-long debate about a nutcracker. You know, <laughs> right. like that is important to us. We want to see it. <laughs> like, you know, not before she tells Lynn that her husband is cheating on her and she goes and marries him anyway. And it becomes <laughs> a drinkable meme forever of like, I need to drink, hand me the bottle. And you know, so we want them to kind of serve us first and go on and live your life and do better. We love Kim Richards off screen. We adore her on screen. Get your help, but also you were really good <laughs> on television. Just cleaning yeah. it out. Yeah, I think um, it's just been so interesting, the issues with alcohol. I mean, speaking lightly, I don't think anyone on this cast has a, has a, a healthy relationship with alcohol. Let's put it that way. But that being said, I don't really want them to change. I think it's so funny. I think it's so interesting that Luann is already like prepping and priming us for when she inevitably has a drink again. It was, oh, um, said, it's happening. We saw it. Yeah. It was on this day. Entertainment posted a little segment of like Luann sneaking a drink. Uh, I did have people in my DM saying like they thought it was diet Coke. I'm not convinced. I think the way that she snuck that that quick little sip, it did look like red wine to me. I don't know. But I just not think to it's... mention, I don't know if Ramona would have put it in a wine glass without making a big deal about her putting it into a wine glass for Luann to act like she's sipping with us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I can almost see it in Ramona's disposition of her mm-hmm. being like, Oh, you know what, Lou? I'll put it in a wine glass. You'll think you're drinking with us. Like, here you go. Or I'll put it with a little straw. I'll put an ice cube in. It'll be great. And to make a big deal out of it, especially if she was remaining sober. So right. it was going to be a thing. But I think that as soon as she realized she didn't have Leah to be her sober buddy, mm-hmm. she decided to not be her own sober buddy and not be the, the drunkest woman in the house, which was a, a hard deal. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I'm not convinced that... Luann didn't have a drink the night she came home from getting off probation, but it's, it's funny that they keep, and I, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I've always, am like, I think that perhaps, you know, like X-Files music plays softly in the background, but when they kept referring to like, Oh, Luann's at home, she's having a great time at home. She's on the boat at home. It, it almost felt to me like they were implying that she was drinking off camera instead of joining them at the winery. But I think that it's going to be, I just am like trying to like Megan King Edmonds it of like, okay, she's wearing this in the, in the preview for the season when she takes a sip, like, when is it going to happen? Where is it? Like what episode is it going to happen in? Because it's going to be almost like everybody can take a big sigh of like, oh, it's happened. And Luann is officially off the wagon. And it's so shitty to say, because of course, as a person, you know, I, I want her to be healthy. I want her to stay sober or whatever. But as a viewer, I'm like, go ahead and take that sip, Luann. <laughs> right. I'm just like, I mean, so if you get arrested again, what do you want us to do? Like, I mean, just saying, but okay. And I, you are right. I, I do try to separate Leah the person from Leah the housewife. And I do that mainly, especially in her politics, because as soon as, soon as you start looking too closely into most of these women's politics, you are going to find mm-hmm. something you do not like on all sides of the aisle. So yeah, and that, just don't do it, especially yeah. in New York. That was actually, I had um, Leanne from It's Bravo Bitch podcast on my live recently, and we had that discussion too of, of you know, if you start looking too deeply, like, 
technically everybody could be canceled and we love these women for what they bring and they're not you know speaking at the UN and they're not you know running for president so for me it it is kind of a I turn a blind eye a lot of times which may not be the best in today's climate but you kind of have to or else you're just going to hate mm-hmm. everybody and now see here's my thing the reason why I had so much vitriol before and no person in my D in my uh, reviews. It wasn't because she was a white woman making streetwear. It was because that, then that would have a problem with Stussy, and I love Stussy, and that's a white man making streetwear. The problem was a. I have a lot of friends who work in fashion. B. I wear a lot of streetwear. C. Do most have not heard of her brand, but she went on television and told all of us she basically invented the female streetwear brand. And people, <laughs> was- I've heard many podcasts be like wait, what? Like, I've never heard of her. And I'm like, so you see, this is where I was, where I was coming from. <laughs> like, this is what I was saying months ago. Like, literally, I was like, I have an issue with the rhetoric she puts out about the things that she does appropriate. Like, that's my issue. It's not that she's just saying anyone can do this. Anyone can do it. It's fashion. The problem is the definition of appropriation is taking something and saying, and acting as if you invented it for yourself. And that's what she did. And I was like, no, please don't go on TV and tell people this. They will literally say no. I mean, she literally, in her confessional, said that she basically invented streetwear. She said nobody was wearing streetwear. And perhaps in her circle, nobody was wearing streetwear. But She did say specifically for women. But I would also say no one ever take anything I hope I tell you in a confessional at face value. There are plenty <laughs> of magazine articles. And I did my homework because I read so many articles I have friends who write some of these articles for these things like because they're all young and they're interns and they're journalists and this is what they do like they're always on the cusp of something they've written like I have a friend who wrote an entire article about the best 10 streetwear brands made by women owned by women for women she's not on the list oh god I'm sorry like it's a good brand but it's like forever 21 being a streetwear uh, like aficionado, like just so you put some nice things on a graphic thing. Supreme, ever heard of it? Like there are other ones out there. So to say that you kind of invented this thing is just like you know. I have the same gripe that Ramona had with Sonya. Like you're just putting fashions on a runway, and I was like, Ramona, that's literally what a fashion show is, though. Because it's already <laughs> made. I'm like, they have to be made to be on the model, sweetie. But okay, Ramona. Like, and then at my last gripe is I had an issue with the little Kim dress before the show even aired. Because if, and I mean if, that is truly your idol, the mugshot representation just stressed me out when I first saw it. Because I'm just like, this is how we pay homage to an idol that just happens to be a Black woman. We put them on a mugshot, put them on a dress. And I get it. The dress was made by a Black man. And it was like made just strictly for her. I'm like, well, that makes me give, it gives me a lot of pause. And that's the point. Sure, fashion is meant to be debated and everything like that. But when the argument becomes, it's because she's my idol. And then the response, which is what I expected, was, oh, I get it. It's kind of gangstery from Dorinda. I'm just like, oh, fake. <laughs> Who compared it to oh, a dictator, by the way, just okay. casually. Okay. <laughs> and, and then you like, have. Since when is Little Kim a gangster dictator? I know. And, and then it. 
I do love the editors because they really do find little tiny clips. And you have to remember that everything that we see was specifically picked by an editor oh, for yeah, us to, to see give it. us all the rowling. Mm-hmm. And I do find it so telling that they kept in the clip because it was such a cutaway thing of Sonia going, oh, and who's that? Beyonce? And it was just such a microaggression that was just like, <laughs> of course, like, of course, Sonia. And that of does course. speak to, I don't, I have a hot take. I don't think that Sonia was being shady when she sent that pajama set to Leah. I think that she is completely out of touch. She doesn't understand Leah's style. She doesn't understand streetwear. And Mm -mm. so she essentially sent her like a pajama set and a Flava Flav hat slash Carmen Sandiego. Like it was. I don't think she was being shady. I think she's just so out of touch that she's like, oh, this is like a downtown look. Like, she'll look great in this. This is what she'll wear. Mm-hmm. And when she, you got to love her, though. When she was strutting around brawless in that pajama set at her own fashion show, the I woman... You can't be mad at it. Like, you physically <laughs> can't. It's impossible. The woman has no shame, and you got to love Nothing. her for it. You absolutely do. You're so right. I think that she just doesn't understand it. And that's understandable. But then, of course, it also is like, oh, why is Leah the one that has to introduce streetwear to these people? I do. <laughs> so I mean, who but else I in their her, circle is right? Going to it wasn't going to be Tinsley. I think if my brother <laughs> wanted to cast the young hot girl, it was it, Tinsley wasn't going to give him that. She's older than the women in in experience <laughs> and in decoration, literally in decorum. She is old. Okay, Tinsley. But, has the same wardrobe as an American girl doll. Let's be real. Oh, cool. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Especially which one is it? Samantha? It's Samantha. Everyone go Google <laughs> Samantha American girl and tell me that's not Tinsley. I beg you to tell me that's not Tinsley. And you know, for those who want to defend Leah's dress, you can save it. I understand. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I didn't like it. So that's just what it is. No need to explain what it is to me in my DMs because I love people trying to explain things to me and I'm like I literally went on a 20 minute rampage about how I get it I just don't want it I I am not misinformed I just simply have the facts and information that you do and choose not to accept it as something I want in my life so there it is I will say and I'll play devil's advocate a little bit to your point of view with Leah of I do find and I, I understand where you're coming from with all of it um from you know as much as I can understand as a you know white person. But I will I will say with Leah the one thing that I am enjoying is how uncomfortable she makes all the other women and how they truly do not have her figured out and they don't understand her at all and I think it's so funny to watch them at, for some for people that are so desperate to cling to youth who are so desperate to be quote unquote ageless they are so out of touch when it comes to anything that's outside of their bubble and their whole like fixation on her tattoos and the way she wears and calling her, you know, rough around the edges. It's just so funny to watch because it is so much a conversation that I have had with my grandmother about my tattoos. Yes. And I think that is what what's happening is 
And I, again, it's not even that it needs to be devil's advocate because I like her for this show and especially for this cast. I really do. And it, it has nothing to do with the fact that white people can't invent or make streetwear. Did they invent it? <laughs> no. Did it come right. from surfing? No. It, it, I would beg you to look up who Dapper Dan is and tell me he's not the oldest person that you have ever seen walking that has basically had something to do with streetwear <laughs> and what he does now. So check that. Second of all, most of the highest... Uh, uh, highest end streetwear brands are owned by white people and I buy them I'm not saying that my issue has always been she has been like I am this badass bitch and I'm not saying she's not it's just her definitions of why she is I'm like eh maybe not but for Roni purposes I will give her this because I think that she gives them so much she's literally making Sonia feel uncool and conservative so, right yeah. and when and Sonya's she, like I don't see with people that have tattoos we're like really like we're all very perplexed now like <laughs> Sonya you have I a just, standard and that's it yeah I like that that's Sonia's line in the sand like she we have <laughs> seen we watch her, her walk up to a random person like, like a random girl <laughs> last year and just make out with her out of nowhere yeah. we have seen Sonia like flirt with a doorknob but heaven forbid <laughs> Ramona too has- and Luhan <laughs> The dog groomer, who I'm pretty sure doesn't even swing her way. <laughs> oh, that dog groomer. Yeah, like, I just... Ugh. And that's what I love about these housewives. I love delusion. I love how they all, you know, have their, their quirks. And I think that they're all equally delusional in different ways. With the exception of Luann truly puts the Lou in delusional. She is by far oh, the most delusional, yeah. like hands down. I, I guess I will say um, let's let's do a couple of, of, of fast facts really quick for the people. Tinsley and her mom, they have the exact same moment that they basically had at the wedding dress shop last year <laughs> with Tinsley's crying because her her future, her life, whatever. Um, and people have brought this up in my DMs. A lot of her is running to the idea of what she was in 2006, 2011. And people are like, the entire cast wants this for her. And I get it. She was a major deal. She was an it girl. She was all these things. And they want her to return to that. But some people have an issue with, you know, so much push, especially from my mother, for her to be this 15 to 10 year younger version of herself and live in the past constantly. And when she had it all because she lost so much of herself over the years. Is it right to want that or should we just be trying to reinvent ourselves as is what we thought was her job and what she was wanting to do when she moved into Sonya's townhouse? Right. And I love Tinsley. She has low-key been one of my favorites for a while now. And I'm glad to see that other underrated people Underrated are... babe. She's very underrated. Yeah. And I think she's played such a crucial part in the dynamics of these women. I think that she has been, you know, she's added an element that was needed, a, like grounding force while still being like batshit crazy herself. And I, it makes me, I hope, she, number one, I hope she's happy now with Scott. I know we're going to see that play out. I think that I wish that she had taken this opportunity to be like, I'm a housewife now and now I'm famous, but just in a different way. I don't think she needs to be like wearing her curly hair and strutting for Garo Sparrow. Like I, I don't need to see that Which for her. I was it, very shocked to see him. I watched Project Runway. I do. And I was I like, wait, too. this is the one who got Tinsley? <laughs> I know. It didn't I, really I seem okay. like her her style, the like dominatrix, like you know, lace up thing. But yeah, I has such a hard on for her and called it a print like a Disney princess show. And I'm like, that's an insult to him, not her. 
Mm-hmm. But also, yeah. what Disney princess is wearing that? I want to watch that movie. It's like a Disney princess in like a dominatrix sex dungeon or something. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't really know what Disney movies you've been watching, Dorinda. <laughs> right. But yeah, the thing with Tinsley, Tinsley and her mom is I find that that dynamic so so fun to watch because they are so enmeshed and crazy and just like rile each other up in the worst slash best ways. And I'm not big on wedding spinoffs, but I would be down for a Tinsley wedding spinoff. Obviously I don't think Scott's going to be down. I need to just see like a say yes to the dress episode with Tinsley and Dale, if anything, because that is that I would want like just eight episodes of them trying on wedding dresses and Dale just like shitting on Tinsley every single turn because I just find it so immensely funny. And I don't know what the difference is with Tinsley and Dale because getting back to um, Potomac with Candace and Dorothy, Dorothy is my biggest trigger on Bravo. I Dorothy is the human equivalent of like a an eye booger that's gotten stuck in your eye. Like I just, I cannot stand her. And I don't know what the difference is because she's a therapist. uh, Perhaps Monty, you know what? You cracked the case. I'm pretty sure, especially as, as you are a therapist, you're probably looking at how she treats her daughter. You're just like, this is wrong. <laughs> you know, Monty, maybe you should get a therapist degree too, because I think you've cracked the case. But they have very similar vibes, but it's just, it's like more menacing with Dorothy for me than it is with Dale. Like Dale has that Southern, like tight-lipped, I'm going to say something that's so mean that it's going to like sink in four days later and you're going to realize how mean it was but I still like I love to watch it I just love to watch it I think because Dorothy is coming from literally zero place of I won't say she's not coming from a place of love but she's definitely not coming from something rooted in fact or she doesn't really have a leg to stand on because Candace does at least you know is living in a house if you are paying some of the house that's one thing. Now you're not. So what's the new issue? Because she had a house. She was marrying a man. Like the man is not poor. It, it, right. Whatever money he has, <laughs> the money he has is a different conversation. But he has a job. And so it's mm-hmm. like there was very little reason to be as critical with right. Candace as we see her be as like that is comparable to how Gail is with Tinsley, who was really trying to get back on her feet and kind of seemingly waiting for a man and putting a lot of eggs in that one basket and that her mom was doing that for her too, whereas that wasn't the case with Candace. So it, it feels a little unprecedented. Like, the, what is the, the reason behind all of this angst against your daughter? <laughs> she's not doing anything necessarily wrong. She has a home and a man and, like, a career, essentially. Like, she's on the show now. Mm-hmm. And we gotta stop acting like, I need these parents and stuff and these friends and these people, even like Dorinda, to stop acting like this is not a job. Right. We all know that you're getting paid for this. So the whole idea of Tinsley has to sleep on her back to get shoes false. She has come from money. She divorced a man with money. And she has a TV show job. Like, she literally is doing the same job you're doing. And also, like, I don't know about you, but, like, I think in general, the viewers don't care. This isn't something we're interested in. I don't care where my where Tinsley got her money from. because If it's we kind cared of- about women sleeping on their back for shoes or money or fame, the Kardashians would not be the leading <laughs> family in television. And the other thing, too, Dorinda, and I, I love Dorinda. I think she's in for a terrible season, but I, I do really like Dorinda. I find her to be a very likable person most of the time when she's not being a terrible person. But, like, she doesn't – correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, she does not have her money from 
like I know she's had successful businesses and stuff, but wasn't her ex-husband very, very wealthy and she got an inheritance from him when he passed away? Uh-huh. And um, I allegedly, 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 because this person's going to kill me for mentioning this. She's not wrapped too tight financially right now, allegedly, but she's not. And Uh-oh. I think a lot of uh, it is projection. A lot mm. of it is projection. And this is all alleged. In real life, allegedly, she's a tyrant. Kind of just like um, like a very Naomi Campbell-esque tyrant. Oh, my God. And Exactly. And if anything, I'm even going to have to put a marker here. And someone told me that they really liked that I did this with my last episode talking about Dorit's finances in her house. Yes. And yes. putting the, the bells in and putting allegedly. And I'm going to have to do it again because <laughs> I I also definitely just don't want this person to hate me. But for what, I don't think they'll be mad at me saying. And, and you know, and I won't even say exactly how much they know this person um mm-hmm. dorinda is not wrapped tight uh in financially and mm-hmm. so therefore emotionally which it would make sense as to why makes she's a lot of sense. a lot of it on tinsley because tinsley is younger than her she has a man that is interested in her and she left a man that also had money but she gets a chance to restart her life with another wealthy man or something of the sort. And Dorinda, I think, feels like she didn't. Like, it, it happened to her, you know, and she didn't really get a chance or didn't take the chance to kind of re-jumpstart her life and get herself back on track financially and all of that. And that didn't happen for her. She had the daughter and she had other things. And she was with John for a lot of years. And I believe they're no longer together, I think. So I, for her, I think she sees Tinsley as what should have been done. And for a lot of people, that is the number one enemy. When they see something in someone that makes them feel like they did their life wrong, they instantly can't stand them. And nothing is ever good enough for them. Tinsley could say, I'm done with Scott today. Let me tell you about myself. Here's my journals from ages 15 to 33. And Dorinda would still be like, we don't know you. I'm like, I don't think there's much more to know. I actually think this is all she got. <laughs> yeah. So number one, we are definitely going to have to talk on offline because that is yes. very juicy. <laughs> um, but that that totally makes sense. And because it does seem so like aggressive and over the top, the way that Dorinda's kind of been going after Tinsley, it doesn't really seem warranted. And there definitely is like a missing piece to the puzzle. In my opinion, it didn't feel like I felt like I was missing something. Like, why are you going after her so hard about this? And and yes, of course, Tinsley is crazy. Her going on and on about like her mom wanting her to wear her hair straight, but she rebelled and she's living her truth and she's wearing her While curly Leah hair. While Leah is talking about her mom not <laughs> talking to her because she may or may not be an alcoholic and has been sober for nine years and now she's finally drinking on TV. And she had to right. basically call her mom and say, I went nuts on camera. So that's what the conversation really was. It wasn't I had a drink. It was I went nuts. And I was naked was like, throwing tiki torch. Exactly. Yeah, like, so, I, I and that it's... is somehow comparable to Tinsley of I have, my mom wants me to straighten. It doesn't like when I straighten <laughs> my hair. So I get it. Mom, they're still disapproving. 
But those conversations are what's so funny about Tinsley, too, that it's just so, <laughs> like, she is so just, like, not aware and not self-aware. But that, so, like, in those situations, I told, and I did find it very funny, like, Dorinda giving herself, like, a lobotomy through the ear with a butter knife. Like, I found that funny. But when it when they're going head-to-head, there does seem to be that element of, like, why are you so angry, Dorinda? Something is going on that's, like, you're not talking about because it does not make sense. It's not that Bluestone Manor has flooded. It's not that John is going to parties without you. Like something is going on that you're not talking about. And we would totally be receptive of it. I'm just saying, I think that if there's a soft spot that anyone has that is a Bravo viewer, it's for freaking Roni. <laughs> exactly. We yes. will let them get away with practically murder. Like, <laughs> that is the sad part because we kind of did. I mean, we are praising someone like Louanne. She still had a full-time job and she uh, threatened a cop, slipped her, assaulted people. <laughs> Like Leah assaulted a cop and, and won money. <laughs> she won. So yeah. she threw a water bottle at them. So if anybody, if there's grace for anyone, it is Real Housewives of New York. So if Dorena just told us why she was being mean to people, we would mm-hmm. get it. And just yeah. remind us every three episodes because you might forget. <laughs> Right. And yeah, you're exactly right. Ramona could be like, listen, I accidentally murdered him, but he deserved it. And we'd all be like, oh my God, typical I mean, Ramona. Ramona has, Ramona's been saying she's a work in progress for about seven or eight seasons. Just yeah. saying. And the, the progress is still going on. I will ask you about these fashion shows. Which one would you have gone to? Are you offended that Sonia was on her phone the entire time? So I am... <sighs> She was front row. That was not a good look. No, I that's think if, not okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think if she was, like, it was during the standing ovation, she was still, like, on her phone, just, like, immersed. I think if you're that busy, you could, I think there's nothing wrong with saying, listen, my show's tomorrow. I can't make it to this fashion show. Like, I really need a focus. I didn't understand at lunch the women all just, like, heckling her about being on her phone. And I loved that. I mean, only on Roni, Ramona was, like, Sonia, your show is not that big a deal. This is not a big show. <laughs> it was just like only yeah, on Yeah, and she was the main one who was like, these aren't fashions. These are already made clothes coming down mm-hmm. the runway. And I'm now like, Ramona, I was not confused before, but now I am confused <laughs> as to what Sonia is selling because isn't that what a fashion show is? Like, are you saying that it's ready to wear and not couture? Because those things also exist. There are ready to wear shows. That That is a thing. And Sonia has said she has ready to wear clothes that are like under $250 and things like mm-hmm. that but I'm like you can still have a fashion show you can have a fashion show for things in a boutique that someone else made <laughs> right well Melissa that's basically Gordon does what, it every year and that's what Kyle did basically I mean Hello. it was just so funny to see the juxtaposition of how the two fashion shows were handled on the two shows because it was a per- perfect encapsulation of what each franchise is where all the women were like yay go Kyle I mean there were some shady comments in the confessionals but nothing to Kyle nothing like in person about it everybody was acting like these like $400 kimonos coming down the the runway were like the best things they've ever seen and then for Ramona to just like look Sonia dead in the face and be like this isn't a big show Sonia is just so so New York it was crazy I mean you got Leah basically bringing the runway looking a plastic target bag and throwing <laughs> at her face like I'm not wearing it poorly <laughs> done and I'm just like I mean at least we see Sonia have one project through to fruition on the show because we're never getting a toaster oven we uh, are not I getting know. a toaster oven cookbook what happened to um didn't she have a drink 
Uh, yeah, like tipsy, tipsy girl. girl thing. Tipsy yeah, girl. And, and and that with uh, you know, that big fight with Bethany, like <laughs> all of that never happened, and it was just so much drama surrounding it, and we just never got it. So at least we see one thing come to a close, and I'm very happy that Sonia was able to give us that. I love how when Leah sits down, she takes her seat, and Sonia is like looking at her through her grandmother glasses, and like, <laughs> and Ramona digs into this girl, like, where were you? you probably, I hope your daughter's mm-hmm. in the hospital, basically. Because mm-hmm. there's no excuse for missing this fashion show. And you got to give it's it to Leah. Good. Yeah, like, and I, you got to give it to Leah. She really is showing everything, which I, again, that's all you can really ask for with a housewife. And this is some, like, real-life shit. She was sober for nine years. She started drinking again. She got wasted on national television. She was naked and throwing tiki torches. Like, of course, she booked this giant gig where she's a housewife, and the first thing she does, she doesn't even make it her first weekend without drinking. Like, which was I, probably I, her family's concern with her joining mm-hmm. the show, right? And, and I to just begin with, I found it very um, relatable. I think that we've all had, or most of us um, have had, family members who struggle with either alcohol or drugs or some sort of addiction, and it's very relatable to have those conversations where you're concerned and you're worried and you're kind of just putting out feelers. And I really liked that her, you know, not husband, boy, not boyfriend, baby daddy person, her her Juan Dixon, um, was basically <laughs> was basically like, no, like I'm concerned too when she tried to play it off. And I think that that speaks to she has genuine people around her. And I think that that will be good television to watch because she has people that are going to like call her out on things, even if she's on camera. Cause you know, she was going into that scene, hoping that he was going to be like, no, I know that you're in control and whatever. And basically he was like, no, I'm very concerned as well. Like you're going down a dark path. You say you're fine, but like we've been down this road before. So I think it's, it's interesting for it to play out. And again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier of people, you know, sharing their real journeys and their journeys on camera. And this is definitely, I'm sure related relatable to a lot of people of like, you know, can I have a drink? Am I still sober? Could I possibly get back into drinking? So I think it'll be very interesting to watch where she ends up landing on. And I, you know, I think she seems like she's going to be entertaining regardless of being drunk and crazy or not, but it will be very interesting to like watch that journey for sure. And I do want to just preface by saying, you know, Leah never said that she had any specific alcohol abuse problems or alcoholism or is an alcoholic of course we are just talking based on what we see on television um i am very careful to also you know to always label someone as uh, alcohol or something like that because i think that those uh, are very very serious struggles and i have a lot of leeway for people dealing with that and i feel Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons I feel particularly drawn towards James. And I would really like him to leave the show to kind of focus on himself because to be sober is a battle every single day. And mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons I can't stay in Lala because I do not like sober snobs. I cannot stand them. Um, mm-hmm. At any point in time, you can, you know, fail in your sobriety. Or I won't say fail. You can slip up. You can fall off the wagon. It happens. People are human. They make mistakes. For her to go nine years, I think that her family was just like, they really, whatever her struggles were in the past, for whatever mm-hmm. reasons, I'm sure they're being very careful to allude or to tell us what they all were. Because also her, it seems like it was kind of pre-daughter or mm-hmm. when daughter was little. And if the daughter ever sees this or gets wind of it, it, it could be a lot of new information for this poor child who didn't sign up for this. Right. So, 
I'm careful. I, I understand why they're being careful. And I understand why her ex-husband is even coming on the show to be like, hey, just let you know you might want to chill out. You know, we're worried. We just want to make sure that you're good and you're not risking everything you literally worked so hard for to give your daughter a good life for this show. It's great for us. But there are real life repercussions that happen. And if she is someone who has struggled with alcoholism or something in the past, then I can understand why they would be concerned because that one, and she said that, you know, at the, at the bare minimum, what she has told us is that when she used to drink in the past, she would go fully on and it would be like a night, like a hangover type night, like the movie hangover right. every time she was <laughs> drinking. And so I can understand why at the very least, they don't want that on TV. She does right. have a brand, brand awareness and all that stuff is important. If I were her marketer or her agent, I'd be like, mm, please tone it down or at least wear the clothes while you freak out. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> be naked. Wear the don't be naked. to the mob. <laughs> yeah, be like wear Bethany, a like, label out. Yeah, label out. You know, out. Bethany throws every party with everything in the background, <laughs> red and white, even the cabinets, okay? So just do that or something and then maybe we can talk. And um, lastly with Roni, um, was Sonya's fashion show a fashion show? <laughs> so, wow. I mean, the fact that there was no music, there was no start, there was no like, and again, I'm not a fashion person. The most of my fashion knowledge comes from watching Project Runway, but I do know in Project Runway, <laughs> They all give a little speech before their show begins. So I think that that's pretty typical. And the fact that the girls just started walking down the runway and they're like, oh, it's it's starting now. Lights didn't lower. <laughs> like nothing. nothing. There's no announcers. Like I've seen announcers even like explain the look or something. Like nothing. And I do think Sonya worked hard, but yeah, it was, you're right. It was um, hard to tell. They had to be basically <laughs> told, hey, it's starting. Oh, when do we know to quiet down? Because, you know, they're all talking. So mm-hmm. I was a little concerned for that. I, But I wasn't more annoyed with that than I was with Ramona deciding to order food before even asking the table. <laughs> Ramona is the most selfish individual on <laughs> television, period. And that is so hard to live up to because pretty much everyone on reality TV is selfish. Ramona is a monster. And... I don't know why I don't hate her. It's so puzzling for me. I don't think I like her, but I don't know why I don't hate her because she is so hard. it's It's so puzzling because I think we all feel that way where for some reason she can be a monster again and again because she's never, she's the opposite of Kyle. She's never had a good season because she's always a monster, but we love her for it. She is somebody I would never, ever, ever want to meet in real life, but please keep her on my television forever. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, I mean, I will retire her with the grades. If if, if if anything ever happens to Ramona, like, bury her in the Hall of Fame <laughs> and start a Housewives Memorial for Ramona and start that with her first because she is, she's only living in Ramona's world. She has, uh, no, I don't think the woman gives a shit what's on CNN. <laughs> I don't think she even knows. Like, if Sonia has been quarantined at a retreat this entire time, without fully knowing when what's going on because she just can be. I know Ramona's like no better. And, and so <laughs> I, I, she's just like, listen, I'm hungry. He asked, y'all didn't say anything. I got my oysters and I love my oysters. Me and my oysters by myself. And didn't even share. Didn't even offer to share while everybody else was, you know, having to scramble to find their orders. Like, wow, what a monster. But also I wish I was her. It's weird. 
Well, I mean, there must be something so liberating and freeing for like literally not giving a single shit about anybody other than yourselves and perhaps Avery, her best friend slash twin slash daughter. But like she, there must be something so freeing about being Ramona. Like she doesn't have a single self-doubt, a single insecurity. She's just living her life. (laughs) That's why she has no wrinkles. There's no worry happening for Ramona. She's just living her life moment to moment, just, you know, thinking that she is the gift to the world, which honestly she kind of is. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I say that. One thing that's not a gift to the world at all is, well, maybe, you know what? This is a gift to the world. The Vanderpump Rules season has finally freaking ended. We are pretty much done. And though there may be still things for you all to watch, for me, <laughs> I can stop asking people to talk about it because the reunion has been filmed. So anything people want to know from this point on, we will be able to watch in the next few weeks when the season is officially finaled and... <laughs> You can see the reunion. They have filmed it. I have heard nothing but boring things from from boring to bad about this past episode. Something about a baseball game. I've heard, or is that two weeks ago? That was last week. I can't even keep up and not even watch it. So I have to tell you, Moni, I, pause for effect. I have not hated the season of Vanderpump Rules. I am in the minority. (gasps) I have not hated it. I, I, I have be dramatic. <laughs> I know. Good. I'm glad somebody <laughs> liked it. <laughs> so I can speak to Vanderpump Rules for your listeners because I have not Please. hated it. It has definitely been ups and downs. It has definitely not been as consistent as past seasons. It's definitely not like a season one, two, or three Vanderpump Rules. It's 100% a transition season. They have way too many people. That being said, I I am looking forward cautiously optimistic about the last half of the season because I think that there is kind of they set us up by making us watch the Jackson Brittany wedding for the first half and now we get to sit back and watch them realize that they are no longer the center of attention and it is going to be so lovely and wonderful to watch because (laughs) there was a, a a quick a quick 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 scene where Brittany was realizing that Stasi after her engagement got to have this giant party catered and hosted by Lisa Vanderpump at Villa Rosa and she's realizing she only had like a shitty party at her apartment and like you're seeing the wheels turning of her realizing that this perfect wedding fairy tale that she thought happened like may not have been as perfect as she thought and it's just so mm-hmm. so so satisfying to watch yeah and not only are you no longer the center of attention honey you're moved to the bottom of the list because the married mm-hmm. couple no one cares about because you're now the most <laughs> solid like if you unless you basically get divorced no one's going to care because a breakup that's something that would take precedent over someone who is like married in a happy bliss. Uh, you know, Kristen getting a new boyfriend. You right. know, James falling off the wagon. And Saucy getting engaged. Sheena getting a boyfriend for longer than five seconds. Like anything now takes precedent over you. Ask Katie and Tom. They had to now get remarried to become <laughs> a, a single interesting part of the story. They had to basically fake another wedding. <laughs> 
That's and how Monty, that just had to happen. I had to laugh because when I came on your podcast at the very, very beginning of the season, you like made the offhanded like joke slash comment of like, you know, that when they get married, remarried in Vegas, Tom is going to lose that wedding certificate. He's going to do everything he can not to be legally married. And when that happened, I just like had to laugh because I was like, Monty called it. (laughs) Like he literally does not want to be married. He's going to do everything he can to not be married to Katie. Yes, I mean, you were right that Brittany was going to get like, a really shitty edit this year. And I was right to say, y'all are going to see that Schwartz is not an idiot. He yeah. acts like one, but he's mm-hmm. not an idiot. He knows exactly what he's doing. We agreed that we, he and Katie are pretty much a match made in heaven. Yeah, They're he, is, very a, he is a total monster. Oh, yeah. yeah, he knows what's happening here. I um, said he was the problem in the very beginning. I can't believe how long ago that was. I know. Wow. And it also just feels like a different lifetime ago. Like, we were able to go to restaurants and, like, hug yes. people back then. <laughs> I think I had just come back from happy hour when I oh talked about God. this. And now here I am, like, what I wouldn't give to go to Sir right now. And I don't even <laughs> want to go to Sir. I have no business going to Sir. I just want to go. I want to take advantage of I want to take advantage of the quarantine-priced flights. But mm-hmm. I want to not have to be in quarantine or get the corona to go take the flight. I and know. I have the cheap flight to get to LA, but I don't want to have to risk my life to get to LA. So <laughs> yeah, that, that whenever whole, we can like, figure that sweet spot up would be great. I think when this is all over, we need to plan like a giant, um, a giant pilgrimage to LA and do like all of us all the Instagram and podcast accounts that we've all like formed this community we need to do like a bar crawl of all the spots together that would be so much fun would absolutely love to do that and I would really love to go to the Abbey versus Palm because for you who do not know the Abbey is like this gay bar that is notorious it is extremely well known as one of the oldest gay bars in all of I think West Hollywood definitely in LA and in the Hollywood area it has been around forever they had a show briefly on E I beg of people to go find it it made it's one of the reasons that I had to give up the Kardashians though I did not hate them fully yet because their budget sucks the life out of all of E's original programming so they cannot afford to keep shows like Wags on but they had a show about the Abbey and their sorted crew, just like Vanderpump Rules, but they were all pretty much queer or like cool with it. They were all very, very eclectic and it was fantastic, but it has been very much so said that that is Lisa Vanderpump's like biggest rival of that town, of that area Mm. because of location and clientele. And she wants to be, that's why she focuses so much on pride because she wants this huge, like LGBTQ following for the West Hollywood neighborhood that she's in, but the Abbey is like the destination. People travel for that. It was centered on like the L word and all these like big gay shows. It's the gay bar in LA. And that's saying something because there's a lot of them. People are usually like, oh, it's been run down ever since, but it's historical. But you know, that drives Lisa nuts when she's not the top of something, you know, yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to drive her nuts. So I would love to kind of compare and be like, which one's better? So yeah. I think we definitely should all go to California when this is all over. But no sooner will we do that where, I don't know if you saw that the newbies, um, one of them, especially Danica, I could not even remember which one she was on the show. And she was like, God, I just never imagined my first reunion would be like, I had to do my own hair and makeup. And <laughs> I howled at the moon so like, Monty, they didn't know is, what they were signing up for I know it is so funny though like 
we agree on like 99.9% of everything Bravo. And this is like our big divide. It's so funny. I feel like I'm having like my first fight with like a boyfriend I started dating. <laughs> the honeymoon <laughs> phase is like know, finally because, over. <laughs> the honeymoon phase is over. Because I am a Danica stan. I think that she has gotten no, like not nearly enough screen time. They've like hinted around how batshit crazy she is, but we haven't gotten able we haven't seen it. They talk I think about that how was she my my big um problem. I was like, wait, what is this thing about as when I would talk to you last, I was like, what is yeah. this thing about her boyfriend having to pay her rent and she got suspended? Like, what happened? I exactly. know what happened why, here. Exactly. Why are we not seeing this? Why are we not seeing Brett Willis, her ex-boyfriend slash boyfriend? He asked her to have a threesome during a shift and she pushed him. We didn't see that. She yelled apparently at Richardson and got kicked out of Tom Tom. We didn't see that. Like, I need to see if they're going to bring own on sister restaurant. I mean, Tom, <laughs> they basically had to ban her because she's nuts. And I want to know why. Why? You know, the cameras were there when she got suspended. We have seen Kristen yell at right. Diana, the the uh, one of the floor managers mm-hmm. to suck a dick. Why suck a dick, Diana? The same energy. Yeah, so that's where I think that they've gotten wrong with with this season of if they're gonna bring in the newbies, I want to see them be batshit crazy. I don't care about this like love triangle thing with Danica. I will say, so I was basically like all I've been doing in this quarantine is listening to podcasts. <laughs> so oh, I've been like fun. just consuming everything. So two podcasts that have to do with Vanderpump. One is I listened to Danny Pellegrino's Everything Iconic, and he had Jared, their makeup artist, um, on as a guest. Have you? listen to that oh, episode been, i have not but plenty of people have told me that the movies <laughs> were nightmares yeah so i mean for anybody who hasn't listened go listen to that episode it's so funny he basically is like yeah i was doing a shoot and i was paid to be there and the newbies were coming up to me and like treating me like the help it was like it's a very good interview the second one um so evelyn marley who came on my instagram live on friday um she has the twisted plot podcast and she had brie dellinger Brie Dellinger, who is the um, editor for Vanderpump Rules, she had her on this past, I think it came out today. Um, And it is like a very juicy interview. And it really gives some insight onto how the editing process works. And it gives some insight into like how decisions about who is shown and what storylines are shown is made. But the one thing she talked about is like, how Vanderpump Rules is really the only show right now on Bravo that they're not breaking the fourth wall. They're starting to do it on Beverly Hills. We're seeing that with Dorit and her like mint with PK. We're seeing it more on Jersey. Like we're seeing it everywhere, but not on Vanderpump Rules. And she was mm. talking about she edited the scene where Stasi got engaged. And there was this whole clip where Stasi looked directly into the camera and at the production because they were the only people there after she had just gotten engaged. And she just looked right in the camera and was like, oh my God. And the producers came over and hugged her and she was was like sobbing in their arms and she was so happy but it never got shown because it's breaking the fourth wall and I think had that been shown I don't think there would have been the debate this week of like oh did Stasi know about it was the staged was this planned because right. it's a genuine moment that's being captured and I think that's what's lacking on Vanderpump Rules right now I would agree and I think the people got really annoyed and it took away from this full circle moment of what we watched that we were introduced to this girl in a bad relationship with Jax and being cheated on with her best friend and then the like the kind of emotionally or like mentally 
uh, allegedly abusive relationship with the ex and then the other one like the, all these bad ones and she's mm-hmm. finally come full circle to her happy ever after and like her good moment and yeah. for people to kind of like not really focus on it because there was that scene of you know people showed the clip of when she got back to the house for her engagement party and where she sees her dad and then when she hugs her dad are like staged so in two such different places that it looks like it's impossible to kind of travel that fast and still keep the same right. energy to go down the list of people to hug in an order. So I get that. I would, I agree with you. I would have loved to have seen this episode. I probably might watch it just because it's a full circle moment. And again, I used to adore Vanderpump rules. So I want to see this girl be happy, even if I like her sometimes, I don't like her other times. I want to see this moment and I will watch the reunion because it's a good little end for me, like Mm -hmm. to kind of wrap it up real pretty and, or maybe not, and to just see how this all kind of ends. But I have a caution, especially Vanderpump rules, to be, I think it's evolution media. I want them to understand that this is, this works. This idea worked. Ask Brian Seacrest. It does work. Like the whole breaking of the fourth wall, we see it a little bit on Shaw's when Gigi thought that, you know, she was having pains again. The producers are involved. They're like, hey, you know, we, and that's a very cookie cutter, like reason to break the fourth wall. Plenty of shows have done it. But even beyond that, um, the Kardashians, who I don't think is with Ryan Seacrest anymore, but they had an entire season based around breaking the fourth wall. The whole season has been about, Courtney fighting about film right. and they got the best fight we've ever seen because Courtney doesn't <laughs> want to film and they talked about it now if they cut out everything that mentioned the show and filming we never would have gotten that fight and I promise you I only watched the entire like up into this now point of the season because of that fight I wanted to <laughs> right. see that fight so yeah if you, you you you're right you miss out on a lot people do tend to you not focus on what you do put together because a lot of it feels so overly staged, especially for Vanderpump Rules. They get caught out on this a lot. And it feels very, it's in a time where we are getting so much fourth wall breaking or genuine content like Roni, where they're impossible to produce. The producers literally cannot keep up with Simona's dating life for the life of them. It feels like with Vanderpump Rules, they have such a low tolerance for being fed bullshit, especially for a show that people literally adore mm-hmm. they stand up for it it is one of the longest running shows on bravo at this point and it's it, rightfully so we have fallen in love with these people people have grown up with these people we want what's best for them we just want it done the right way and i actually would have loved to see the the producers hug her because they're like we know something you don't know like, yeah and i mean like, it was for you yeah, it was a very good interview. I Everybody go listen to it. It's on Twisted Plot Podcast. It was very enlightening, and it does kind of – I found it very interesting because she kind of talks to – she speaks to some of the controversy around, you know, whether or not one producer is, like, ruining it all, and that's been talked about on a couple podcasts, and I know Oliver read it, and she kind of addresses the, the certain producer that we all know about and whether or not he does have a hand in in making the show what it is. Oh, and her – her to this conspiracy because that is – all news to me oh yeah I mean it just listen to the podcast because it's very interesting and then do a reverse deep dive of what people have said but it, it was very good and I think it's a good it's a good interview whether you've been enjoying the season or not because for me I've been liking the season so it just like gave me more reasons to like it but for people that are having a hard time it does kind of 
it's a peek behind the curtain of like what goes on behind the scenes and how they choose what they choose. And I don't know, it was very interesting. So I've really been liking this season. I'm also very interested to see how the hell is this Zoom reunion going to look with 150 people? Yeah, I think it's going to be two parts and a half of one part will be just the newbies that make the most sense to me. Um, what I will, what I would like is, them to wrap this up with a bow of they're announcing a separation between the shows. No more Sheena trying to go back and forth because I just don't mm-hmm. want it. And I would actually give these new people a chance if they had their own show because the desperation mm-hmm. is there and they all <laughs> genuinely work there. So yeah. we can make that happen and we can get something out of it. But if we have the carrot dangled in front of us of what we know is possible. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we're never going to give these new people a chance. I would exactly. love to see Ariana and Tom leave. I love them to death, but the fact that their Ariana's uh, mental health was basically used as a storyline and has barely been touched on since really irritates me because it's something she still is dealing with today and has talked about and Tom has talked about dealing with today. But mm-hmm. there's just so many people. It's like we can't get to everyone's everything. And I want her to leave for her, you know, for her goodness. I want James to be like sober totally sober and still a monster of people so I can be like ha it wasn't I, that it's because you're all <laughs> terrible I think that he could still be very entertaining sober he's kind of like I mean he I think he's gonna be I hope for him he's one that I do you know there is a darkness there there's something that was going on I hope that he's sober I hope that he's able to maintain his sobriety um I think he could still be amazing tv because he does have that sense of he's gonna be like Luann was when she was sober like she was still entertaining sober just in a different way in a different delusional way um but yeah I agree I hope it's two shows everybody's been kind of talking about that like I think that we're all kind of speaking it into existence like the secret style of like ask believe receive because I do I it makes the most sense like nothing else to me makes sense you have a full cast for two separate shows and they Mm -hmm. don't work for Vanderpump so she no longer rules Right. And there's no, like, besides Sheena, there's nobody that's kind of floating in between the groups. There's been, what's crazy is in an entire season, there has been no conflict between groups, like it's except for Sheena, but there's been no, like, right. Like there's been no commingling. There's been no like Stassi yelling at Max or like Lala yelling at Charlie. Like there's been none of that. So it does very much feel, feel like two shows that Sheena's just on both of them. And so I think it would be, and I would also love like talk about breaking the fourth wall. I would love to see a show of the OGs where it's just about them in their real lives fighting about whatever they really are fighting about. Fighting about I don't want to film with this person. Fighting about, you know, he's take she's taking my makeup artist or fighting about like I don't want to go on watch what happens live with this person. Like I think that would be so interesting to watch of like the evolution of them from broke servers to now these like Instagram bravo liberties like i would love to see that that transition and see what's really going on behind the scenes because we know that Jax isn't like oh i need to make more money i guess i'll work at sir for pride we know that no my- that's not it what about just that it's like and you're right <laughs> i want to see them have their other um ventures because they mm-hmm. can't allude to them being celebrities on the show but they're gonna have to at this point mm-hmm. like I, I there's nothing else them to talk about but people still need to see them and we're I think owed that I think it would be a very different energy and a lot less pressure we Mm -hmm. stopped believing that they were employees when they had to ask Lisa if they could go on Lala's PJ 
to get to the winery. If you have a PJ, <laughs> right. you're not working for Lisa Vanderpump. You're just yeah. not. And I would love to see Lisa and Lala have tea and explain a little bit their new dynamic that Lisa only respects her because she's marrying money. So she's no longer just the hostess to her. She's now <laughs> someone who's like in her circle, which yeah. I get. And for me, I would, I would love to see that relationship of what it actually is because it very much gives me Brandy Glanville and Lisa Vanderpump vibes of like the young girl that's gotten taken under her wing that like is a little, and Lisa Vanderpump vibes. Mm That's like a little bit saucy. That's going to like flip a butt cheek at her in her kitchen. Like, but that Lisa's like, oh, you naughty girl. Like, I would love to see what their relationship is actually like. And and also the same with like Lisa and Stassi. What does that look like? Obviously, Lisa still hates Kristen. I would love to see what that's like when they have to like film a reunion together. So I don't know. I still have hope. Maybe I'm just like. Vanderpump Rules is my blind spot where it's like an abusive relationship and I'm like, it's going to change. It's going to get better. But like, I don't think you know, you're alone. I'm Everyone comes on here and tells me that they hated it or tells me they were bored and they're like, yeah, I'll be back next week though. Same time, same <laughs> place. And I'm like, okay, good. It's good to know that you're taking care of yourself and you're, you know, but also what else is there to watch? Somehow I found things, but hey, I will watch the reunion. I'm looking for a way back in, so I'll never say never. I just, I'm still very, I'm, I'm staying strong in my opinion of why I gave it up. I still, and, and them basically not revisiting Ariana's depression after telling her to work at Sir and do some shifts as a bartender to fix I know. it. Um, yeah, that, I was like, okay, that's bad. And now, you yeah, know, after she. Yeah, after she just like with her or something. Yeah, after she casually mentioned like wanting to drive off the freeway, and they're like, "Oh, we all have bad days." Yeah, we all have bad days. Twice in one episode, and then was like, "I just want to get in my car and leave this place. I I hate it here." I'm like, "Uh, problem? Like flag on the play? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. real breakdown happening. Okay, like real breakdown. (laughs) She is about to either quit your show or quit something way more sinister. Can we please step in?" intervene i would love to see her go to therapy like we saw jack go to fake ass reiki not that reiki is fake that was fake that make that <laughs> well, any, very clear yeah any scene where Jax is trying to better himself yes. is fake because we know he is not bettering himself in any capacity no and so i'll give it a try we'll see what happens i doubt i'll be impressed but i've also stepped away for so long last time i stepped back in for one episode i enjoyed myself so we'll see <laughs> Um, we'll watch it. I just watched an all Zoom show, like an actual drama filmed their entire show via Zoom because their season wasn't over. So oh, they wow. decided to film it online. And I will admit it was really good. So I have high hopes. I liked the trailer for Atlanta's reunion. Um, so I, and it actually looks really good. So I have high hopes mm-hmm. with that. I think if Vanderpump Rules doesn't deliver, it's because of them and not Zoom. Um, and I'm excited to see the Summer House reunion. I offline talk to Chelsea and, and try to convince her to get into Summer House because y'all got me into Summer House. And I won't say it's the best replacement for Random Farm Rules, but it does the job. Kind of like Loverboy. Like, it's not hard <laughs> liquor, but it does the job. Like, it <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see if, if I, what we think about Loverboy. We have the spritzer on the way for my cousin. Hashtag Loverboy sponsorship for Ono Bravo's cousin. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. I'm going to try to convince her to do a live taste test on Instagram Live. So fingers crossed so it, it's, it's been all worth it. <laughs> yes. couple shout-outs before we head out. Gigi um, from Shot the Sunset had her baby. 
congratulations mm -hmm. um also people have raised a lot of concern and though i like the play that was advocate for Gigi, i literally can't stop myself the social like the lack of social distancing for them to come like what with masks and signs to see I a know. brand new baby but during a non-quarantine time no one went to go see mj in the hospital Ooh, I, I get it that is bad <laughs> but congratulations <laughs> Gigi. separately Congratulations, Gigi. It was really sweet. You know, her new baby is adorable. Baby Elijah's here. Also, Gigi Hadid is pregnant. That is interesting. I I was wondering why Bravo posted it. And I was like, wait, where, what is this? Like, I know Bravo and E are both owned by the same network, so they're basically sisters. But, like, when they cross over, it makes me very confused as to what I'm watching. And I was right. like, wait, why is she here? Oh, my God, I forgot she got started on Beverly Hills. We have watched yeah. this girl basically grow up and go from only taking a slither of her graduation cake um, because Yolanda says she worked really eating hard for her body. Two, eating cake. two almonds when she's hungry and chewing them slowly. Mm -hmm. Yep, and that was some... Now you want to talk about Lisa Renna having some disordered eating. We need to have revisited that, but they left the premises, so we can't. <laughs> and so for going you mean the woman, being a supermodel. Yeah, the woman with a shrine to her refrigerator perhaps some, had some disordered eating patterns. That's so strange. Huh, maybe. Uh, so uh, congratulations to her. Again, you know, not much happening on Bravo, but some things uh, they want us to believe that it's happening. So Atlanta's reunion is three parts. Thank you, Jesus. And it's coming up very soon by the, the upcoming Sunday when this episode comes out. In fact, whenever you hear this, if it's over the next three weeks, a Sunday coming to you will be a reunion of Atlanta. So that's happening. And um, that's pretty much it because I don't I mean I'll watch Can't Get Away I probably won't cover it uh, Family Karma has ended it was good but I will probably do a bonus episode about it because it was not as impactful as I needed it to be in the end because they need a second season I'll agree I think they need a second season to kind of get out of their jitters they're still trying to self-produce and self-edit and that's understandable they all have real careers still so makes sense um beyond that go support your local Bravo meme creators and laugh along with us because we are all begging for content, looking for something funny to do every day together. I, of course, want to thank you, Chelsea, for coming on and for letting me keep you for far too long to talk about <laughs> absolutely nothing. And I can always talk about nothing with you, Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Please tell the people where they can find you because, honestly, your Instagram is the gift that keeps on giving. And I mean that. And I say that to a lot of people. I truly mean it because it is so different than anything people ever really see of memes and stuff like that, especially about Bravo. And it is hilarious. The conspiracy <laughs> yeah. theories are fantastic. The deep dives, oh, it's so much fun. The, the, the detail you put into it. Please tell people where they can get this fabulous content that is serving us more than an actual network. Yeah, so you can find me at, at Ono Bravo on Instagram. Um, I actually kicked off my Instagram live series with you. Um, can you believe it was like almost two months ago? Um, Don't but, even believe that. But yeah, I go live on Instagram um, every Friday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And I have a special guest this Friday. You will be joining me on Instagram Live. So if you are a fan of Mani, come on over and check out my Instagram Live because she will be, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I guess we got to figure that out. But she will be um, my guest of honor for Ono Bravo Live this Friday. And I can't wait to come back. I love it there. I love talking things on the Bravo, uh, on about Bravo, about pop culture, about everything else. 
on live. I I can't believe that we basically have to come up with new ways to entertain each other because there's just nothing on when we're out of TV <laughs> to watch. This is truly a uh, a, a crisis. Like this is, I know. This is, a crisis. this is a crisis. Hashtag this is a crisis. Yeah, when you started we're out this. Of TV. I know. When you started this with me like two months ago, we kind of made a joke like we're putting the social and social distancing. And I kind of felt like it was going to be like a once or twice thing. But you know what? Here we are two months later, still at it. And we're still putting the social and social distancing. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and yes, guys, I am going to get back into lesson plans. I have neglected for a few weeks. I have been dealing with a lot of mental health stuff, like not even like bad, just trying to figure out a way to not make the days go by so quickly and, and do nothing and get back into some kind of productivity spiral because of school and everything else. So I'm going to get into that. It, it's it's going to happen very soon. I am very appreciative of everyone being so kind and stuff on the Instagrams and everything, please, please go watch Potomac, listen to us, heed our words. I pushed for it. I have gotten people very actively involved in Potomac. Now they have joined the movement, they're in the ministry and they are believers. And I want you to come and join this church. Amen. (laughs) Thank you again so much, Chelsea, for coming on. Thank you, thank you. And I will see you on Friday. Yes, everyone, please stay happy, stay healthy, stay home. I don't care what your governor say. Even Cameron Westcott from Dallas said, stay home. She said, only go out responsibly because her state's open. She was like, no, just please, 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 if, it, if, it, if you can, if you can make it happen, protect yourself, protect others, stay safe. And we'll get through this together and y'all have a good night. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, Pop Culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.